Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. Just a quick word before we start about podcast ads. Did you know that every time you download the Sun Ranto Show and there are ads on the show like you just did, that I get a penny? One penny. Well, that's not enough to keep the lights on here at the Sun Ranto Podcast. So if you enjoy the show, I'm just going to ask you, could you make that penny a dollar and join us at patreon.com slash sunranto? Just a dollar. One dollar a month. That's all we ask. You can pay all at once, then it's only like $11 because there's a discount. You get all sorts of perks. You get to join the Sun Ranto Super Ranters, where I do post games uh, oftentimes. Uh, you can get all the music. You can get a Sun Ranto calendar. Uh, you can buy us tickets and beer and uh, pay for StreamYard and for batteries and tickets and um, advertising and headphones. And plus, 10% of all the money that gets pooled together from our Patreon goes straight to the Lost Boys program where we help kids in Chicago play baseball and build our damn community. So please make that penny a dollar. And stop downloading this version of the show where I'm getting ripped off and your time's getting wasted and my time's getting wasted. It sucks. But if Patreon was cooking, I wouldn't do this. So, patreon.com slash sunranto. And do us a solid. Turn that penny into a buck. Here's the show. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old self years out at the game. Let's go, Covey Sonrento. With Michael Sonrento. And Paulie Sonrento. And the lovable loser Sonrento. With Michael Sonrento. And Paulie Sonrento. And the lovable losers Sonrento. We are the best. We swept the Dodgers. We are the greatest team in the fucking world, and we're so awesome. I mean, let's be honest here. If you told anybody, hey, I'll bet you a hundred bucks the Cubs are going to sweep Kershaw, Bauer, and Bueller. Every I would I would have bet that a million times. We're no way we're going to sweep those three guys. I, yeah. I wonder if there's anybody that made like a million dollars just like taking that trifecta that you know, <laughs> like, like parlayed it from the first you know, and then I mean just sweeping a doubleheader at all seems to be almost impossible. For the Cubs. Yeah. When's the last time you remember them like actually sweeping a doubleheader? 
Uh, and I mean, not only that, like if you have strong starting pitching, those double headers are right up your alley because you don't have to go into your bullpen. You know yeah. what I mean? You can just sit there and say to yourself, I mean, how many times do you think that Kershaw's gone seven innings or or uh, or Bauer or those things? Oh, I mean, and the Cubs haven't gone ridiculous. seven innings all year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but not first, a single time. But first, before we get to all of this, we should welcome everybody to the show. Hi, this is Danny Rocket. This is the Sun Ranto Show, and we have – we can't hear it. Oh, you can't hear it? Although your your head's bobbing. All right. I'll yeah. say, Creepy Crawly is hiding under rocks <laughs> and Creepy Crawly is living in a tree. Um, how you doing? I am ex- exhausted. I, uh, I was at the game last night. So this was the last time I went to a Cubs game was with you and Joe and Michael when we swept the Mets. And so all of a sudden when the Cubs swept the doubleheader, I said, okay, now I got a chance to see sweep number two. So I went down to Wrigley, went to Lucky Doors, had a couple two-tree beers, and then uh, went into the game, and it was just an absolute roller coaster of an emotional game. Oh, it, the oh, whole yeah. series was, it, except for the, the first game, because they just kicked their ass. Uh, can you hear it now? Hiding under rocks and... Yeah. Okay, at least I can play you out. And... Ooh, oh, the remix. We got... Yeah, and how's it how's it going with you? Uh, not too shabby, I guess. You know, just you said you hated baseball, like you were texting us today. Literally, oh or, yeah, or, yeah. You're, you've been saying you're like I'm fucking done. Baseball well, sucks. In, in <laughs> regards to that, yes, I'm actually. I mean, I figured we'd talk about it at some point. In in uh, in real life, I'm doing fine. Good. Baseball life. I am on a fucking ledge, and I am leaning way over. Well, can you imagine? I mean, this was a surprise. You just brought it up. You're like, you would never have bet the Dodgers would win, especially, or that we'd beat the Dodgers, especially after a two and five road trip in which you look like total uh, total jerks. You you put up big runs against Milwaukee. Then you lose the next two. Then you look like ass against Atlanta. Then you look like garbage pretty much against Cincinnati. And then you come home, and I say home with a little emphasis because I think that might be part of the home cooking that's going on. Like I feel like this particular group of guys has been playing at Wrigley Field so long, and they all live here, and that's where their families are and their kids, and it's just a different thing because – I don't know. It looks like a whole different ball club than we saw on the road last week. I mean, like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, totally. Hey, I gotta, I gotta bounce out of here for uh, real quick. I'll be right back, guys. But when you, when you look, <laughs> when you look at the situation, you, 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 I've seen this before, and it worries me a little bit. And I know a lot of people are actually joking about it in the chat. It's just like watch them get swept by the by the Pirates right now. I've been in those maddening seasons where you just don't know what team is going to show up on that particular day. So, I mean, the Cubs are – obviously we know what the NL Central is. The Cubs are not out of this by any stretch of the imagination, but they need to go on a run, you know, and, and they haven't yet. They have to go like one of those seven and three in their last ten type runs. You know what I mean? Or more. Knock off seven in a row. No, you know, and then, you know, do nine to 10. I mean, something ridiculous. Like, let's, let's see them really get on, like, like you say, a roll. And uh, I'm going to put up the standings here. The standings are hilarious right now. I mean, we're only three games back. It's so early. 15 and 16. St. Louis in first place at 18 and 13, which is really annoying. But St. Louis is the only team now, that might have changed today. 
with a positive run differential right. in the entire uh, is division. Okay. The, look at the NL East. The only team with a positive run differential <laughs> is in last place, the Miami Marlins. They're 13 and 16 with a plus 18. It's like, it seems like there's a couple things going on. You have the, the unjuiced ball, the dead, the new dead ball year. You got that going on. You got pitchers pitching out of their faces. You got cold weather around. You've got, uh, I mean, you've got historically low batting averages. You know, they thought it was just because of COVID last year with the 60 games. It's kind of league-wide. I heard them say the other day that the major league average right now is like 230. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's low. I mean, that's not a lot of action in games. It's, you know, three throughout from baseball. I play, I play this gambling game. It's called uh, Beat the Streak, where you try to pick a, you know, a player that you think is going to get a hit that day. And if you get 57 in a row, you win $5.7 million. So every day I kind of just take a look at the matchups, and I'm just looking at the batting averages. And I know batting average is just one stat. But just looking across the league, like if, if this would have been like the 80s or something, like I, you'd be like, what the hell? What's wrong with this team? But it's every team. Like on average, these guys are like at like 230 best tops. Yeah, well, let me put up the Cubs bats right now, and let's just take, kind of take stock of what we got going on. Chris Bryant still on fire, the only guy on the team with an OPS over one thousand, but the batting average is high, which is good. Is he's getting hits in all ways, he's knocking them to all fields, like he's unstoppable right now, and it's pretty amazing to see uh, what he's doing because they. I saw some stats that put him ahead of his. He's got nine home runs, put him ahead of his MVP year. I, I believe there was somebody on this podcast that said uh, KB was going to have a great year. I don't know who that was. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty was sure somebody. it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always I'm always pumping up KB. You know, if longtime listeners of the show know how much I love him. Um, <laughs> I, since the very first time I was on this show, I talked about again when KB's healthy, he he's an elite player. That's as simple as you can put it. Yeah. So that, uh, uh, but hot, the, what Danny hates about him is what we saw this week with how good he is. Player of the week, Cubs went two and five. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Somebody put up, a, I didn't uh, put it on the show, but somebody put up a pretty hilarious meme of just like kind of a kid that just looked like he got a participation trophy. <laughs> and he's sitting there in his school picture and it looks like wins, ML, wins uh, MLB player of the week. Team goes two and five. <laughs> like, and, and that's exactly what happened. It's a, so it's the only homer I ever booed at Wrigley from a Cub. Was but Chris Dan, Danny, home Danny. run in, a, in after it was already garbage time. Dan, Danny, uh, all you do is you, you you do the best that you can. You you take every at bat individually. Andre Dawson <laughs> and, and Andre <laughs> Dawson. It, Are you it, channeling it, KB right now? Andre <laughs> Dawson in 1987, <laughs> last place team, garbage team. MVP. Think yeah. about that. I mean, like you can't control baseball is just a weird sport. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm sure people in sports are watching everything going on with Aaron Rodgers. You know, if you have a LeBron James on your team, he could just take the game over. If you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, he could take the game over. But in baseball, it just doesn't work that way. Chris yeah. Bryant gets one turn and then he has to wait another eight times before he can hit again. Yeah, right. And that, that's true. It's so streaky, too, how these guys are. Because, like, Wilson Contreras was on fire at the beginning of the year. Now his he looked like total dog shit last night. His, his average has sunk down to 217 now. His OPS is 788. Uh, he still does have the seven home runs, which I think is third on the team right now. 
you know, Baez is kind of looking a lot better. He's obviously he's hitting big (laughs) home runs and, um, you know, Rizzo now he's sort of struggling in in his own way. Uh, Hayward this whole year has been a, in a, been a total hole for him. Um, we don't have to talk about everybody, but uh, I think what I, the thing I wanted to bring up overall is I feel like the bats are looking better. And I don't think that's an understatement, uh, right now. I mean, it was historically bad, like surprisingly, shockingly, terribly bad in, in ways that had never happened before just okay. a few weeks ago. But what we were seeing when it first started out, when we first got the season going, the way that they were swinging, right? It looked, really shitty just just three true outcomes like it was so obvious that everybody was up there swinging out of their shoes and now i think what you see are actual at bats where they're just looking to make contact i've noticed that more often they they might still strike out or whatever and there's a couple of guys like javi that you know, just making contact is still trying to go out of the ballpark, but they, they seem to be putting some hits together and then running into home runs rather than swinging out of their asses. The Sun Ranto show is brought to you by take line sports culture takes take line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday wherever you get your pods. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by the Locker Room app. If you don't have the Locker Room app, uh, please do yourself a favor. If you have an iPhone, because it's only on the iOS store, go to the App Store and download it right now. Because every single Tuesday night, Michael, myself, and Crawley... We'll be doing a show there at 6 p.m. Central, um, if you follow at Sunranto, about a different topic about Cubs baseball. We've already talked about Cubs players that uh, we didn't really like in the past. We also talked about uh, our most memorable days at Wrigley. And here's the most exciting thing. You can participate. So it's a real-time audio platform, um, and you can come and join us and have a discussion with us and take the stage yourself. It's a lot of fun. And uh, so download it, Locker Room, on the iOS App Store. Follow at Sunranto Show and uh, join us every Tuesday at 6. It is that simple. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show along with Take Line, the new basketball podcast. Back to the show. Yeah, so what were you going to say, Carly? Uh, Chip is, uh, Danny, you know, Chip is exactly right. Is you have guys in Duffy and Marisnik and Sogard, guys that at the beginning of the year, like you're like, why is he on the team? Or yeah, he's probably not going to get a lot of playing time. You know, good role players. But the fact that these guys give you a different kind of at bat than the rest of the lineup. If everybody has the same weakness, which we talked about, then that just gets exposed. But now, I mean, I went, like I said, we we're at the game yesterday. We're down two nothing, and it's Duffy with the with the hit and Marisnik with the home run. Duffy yeah. has been the biggest surprise of the year for me so far, right? 
did anybody think he was going to be any good? I seriously, I thought this guy is going to get like four pinch hits and then they're going to DFA him and bring up Nico or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I didn't even know why we needed him. They had already gotten Sogard. They had already got, they already had Nico. They, you know, they already had Bodie, who unanimously won the job and came up and batted 100. <laughs> and then they had, but no, I mean, it's like, why the hell they need Duffy? And now you see, it, it, it's not that he's like the greatest hitter. He doesn't have a lot of power and stuff like that, but he is. You know, one of those dudes that can find the holes. You know, he just makes things happen. And he plays he, all the positions. Yeah, hit it, hit them where they ain't. That's about yeah. as simple them, as yeah. you can put it. Well, which you need those guys. You want your big bashers in there that can strike fear and get the pitcher straight shaking in his cleats. But you need somebody on base for that. I mean, Cubs at the beginning of the year were like the king of the holes, the solo shot. They'd get four hits all game, four home runs, and they lose five four. You know, and it's just like they, they were lucky if they lost five four. Yeah, exactly. it was more like seven eight four. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I got to point out something that uh, Sarah Sanchez wrote last night, and this is I was praising the Jake Marisnik specifically and saying that he had played his way into a little bit more time. Uh, maybe not platooning with Hat, but like he needs to find his way into the lineup because he's hitting everything right now. And Sarah Sanchez says, Marisnik and Duffy should be in the lineup every day. And within, I'd say, a minute of her tweeting that, we we had the, uh, uh, was it Duffy walked and then Marisnik homered? Or Duffy got a single and Marisnik homered? Whatever. It's like, because Duffy went, what, three for four yesterday, I believe. Um in all these games against elite pitching, he is not overmatched. And the thing I'll say about Duffy is when he came up in 2016, he was part of that big team uh, with the Giants that won the World's or no 2014. That was a part yeah, of that believing, big team right? The, Giants, but the believing year that was like his rookie year. And I remember seeing him and being like, "Who is this guy? He seems like he's got something." And then he kind of disappeared into like being a Ray and shit, like where like I don't even watch those games. He, right. he went back to high school because he looks like he weighs 150 pounds and is like five nine. He really I, does. I, I saw Marisnik out in spring training, and and he came kind of late. I don't remember what the issue was, uh, but he wasn't there the whole time. And I and, right. and he, when I was watching him, I'm like, man, this guy has something. And I'm like, he just somehow he's like one of those grindy, get hit by the pitch, go the other way, draw a walk, twelve pitch at bat. And, and I was like watching him, and after. After the first week, I remember after the first week of the season and watching Ian Hap flail, I was like, I wouldn't mind seeing Marisnik leading off a couple times, you know, just because he was the only guy that was at least seeing pitches or making contact. Yeah, in in very much the kind of a traditional leadoff hitter way, uh, that's kind of how he, he operates. And he even looks like one. He's got the high socks. He's skinny. He's got long hair. He's like just one of those dudes, you know. Dude, he's fast. Flies around the bases. And he flies. He, he actually, yeah, he actually is fast instead of just looking fast like other center fielders we've had. Well, how about this, too? I mean, he's got four homers in 52 at-bats where uh, Anthony Rizzo has five homers in 108 at bats right now. So, you know, you compare, I mean, to have a little, I'm, I'm, what I'm bringing up is the dude's got some pop too. You know, obviously he hit that one last night that, um, but he never, he never seems like he's going for it though. Does he like, I, I'm trying seem- to remember his at bats where he was swinging out of his shoes and I, and I'm, 
I'm feeling like I don't see that out of him very, okay. very much. Now, here's the other question. Is this also one of these situations? And I know Duffy and Marisnik have been around the majors a little bit more than maybe, you know, who I'm going to bring up right now. Like a Robel Garcia type uh, from recent history who comes up for a week, hits three home runs. Everybody's like... We don't need any other players except Robel Garcia. And then within, you know, two weeks, they're like, oh, just throw it there because he can't hit it there. And he always swings, you know, and then he strikes out the rest of the time. And then all of a sudden he's played in Japan. Baseball's going to baseball. You don't know, but here's what you do know. Ride the hot hand. When these guys are in the lineup, they're doing good. When that stops, try something else. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in what position does Matt Duffy play besides third? Anything? He was in left field when I was in the bleachers the other day on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, he was out there playing left, and I think he played left in a few other games, too. Yes, I did see him o- over in left. He was in. I think he was in left, and, and uh, KB was in right that day. Like what? Some of these lineups. I thought Joe Madden was in L.A. <laughs> some of these lineups that uh, David Ross, like it's like he found Joe Madden's old book, you know, like an old uh, uh, lineup book, and he's like, "Ooh, some of these look nice." Yeah, maybe Ben Zobra should catch. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit uh, before we get into the actual games. Um, just a little Cubs news I want to get through. Um, Strope's gone. And that's one of the reasons uh, you hate baseball now, I think, because Strope's th- gone. You're like, they couldn't find one place for him on a 25-man roster or 26, whatever it is. Yet, uh, no, they couldn't. Uh, he w- took a leave of absence. His Instagram made it look like he was in the Dominican. So he wasn't even close to Chicago. And then he wasn't in Iowa. <laughs> he wasn't in Iowa. Yeah. They don't last time I checked, the C is not blue and turquoise there. Um mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's sad. But you know, he might just be finished. Take he a he year. might be. I my my issue is the bullpen. Our hit hit the hit the drop, man. Our bullpen is terrible, and I can't see that Strope was making it worse. Our bullpen is terrible. I mean, on the the Rancher Roundtable. Uh, Crawley went off on uh, on Maples, and rightly so. Maples is fucking, he's all over the place. He's wild thing from Major League to movie. Like, he's all over the fucking place. You never know what you're going to get out of him. And it's, it's frustrating to see that, especially in high-leverage situations like we saw this weekend or this week. And uh, Strope is going to come in there. Does he have it? I don't know. He had what two, three innings this year, and he looked okay. Not I, dominant, but I don't know. I, I felt better having him out there than somebody like Maples. You you have some young guys that I understand that they want to take a look at. Um, you have guys obviously like Justin Steele who came in. Um, all sorts of younger guys. Uh, Why did he got, get sent down? He got sent down with Strope. They came mm-hmm. up together, and then he got sent down. Like what the? It comes down to the bad. stupid. It comes down to the stupid game of options, 
And so yeah. as long as they're going to play those game of options, and if you that's the reason that Dylan Maples is still on the team is because he has no options. And I think with Strope, it was kind of like, look, Strope, you're going to be taking the Iowa shuttle, buddy. And Strope's like, fuck that. I've been to Iowa plenty. I don't feel like sticking around. And he's going to give it a try somewhere, and there's going to be a team I think that he can latch on to. But he just wants to be on a big league team. He doesn't want to ride buses and – and, 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 you know, share like, you know, share rooms with like five guys or something like that. You and, and I'm with him. I live in Iowa. I fucking <laughs> never go to Des Moines. I hate Des Moines. Des Moines is fucking, uh, there's, there's nothing good about it. Uh, don't, don't, don't pronounce the S's, right? Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that makes it even worse here in those fucking commercials. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I, I don't, I don't blame the guy if it was his choice, but this is one of those situations where, Maples is younger. He has some upside. He's under control. He's these other fucking bullshit technical front office baseball business terms. But I don't think, I don't know that he makes the team better. But because you have to keep him on there because of all those things I just said, you have to get rid of a guy like Strope who might be better for your team this year, but he's never going to move forward with your team. Yeah. So I get it. I'm putting up the bullpen numbers right now here. I mean, Alec Mills has taken the bulk of the innings, but they're treating him like a long man, like a Mike Montgomery sort of situation. Um, And then like, and then it's you chafing has been great, you know? And so my point is like, if you look around, they're playing the hot hand as much as they can. So chafing, they're going to, they're going to overwork now. I don't know if it's going to continue like this. I don't think Chafin's known for a .93 whip. You know what I mean? For example, like he's if he had a .93 whip, we would have actually been excited when they signed him. Instead, we were like, "Oh shit, he's got a .733 ERA. We're screwed." Um, but like Maples has has been effective. If you look at his numbers here, he's got a two a, a sub two ERA. Effectively wild yeah. is the term, right? 23 strikeouts in 13.2 innings and 10 walks, okay? A 110 whip, which you're going to take, and a 111 batting average. So why – what's your problem? I mean, what's everybody's problem? I, and I understand it, that it does not feel playable, but it's – It's the 10 walks. It's the 10 walks and balls get away from the catcher because he's fucking whipping them all over the place. Like, that's, that's where I, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, especially I don't with runners on, like him coming in in a bases loaded situation should never happen ever. No. It, it, again, it's it's people with with Dylan Maples gets dazzled by the numbers. Okay, and I'm not saying, and I've always said you got to take your sabermetrics along with your scouts and your eye test, and and just whenever you have Dylan Maples. It's just a very nerve-wracking experience, and the more high leverage it is, the more he makes mistakes. And you're just watching these balls just like that one that he threw outside the other day. That was literally like six feet outside, I swear to God. It was yeah. it was awful. I was like, what is he doing? Crawley, Spike, you know, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you hit the nail on the head. The numbers, you know, everybody wants to be like, well, you like the numbers or you don't. No, no, no. You need them both. You need to have them both. You need to. You, you can't just say, "Oh, well, it's a sub two ERA." Well, is that 
you know, did the run that scores because he threw it into the fucking bleachers on accident? Does that <laughs> does that count against his fucking ERA? It doesn't. You know, and, that's what that's the kind of shit we're saying. Like, how is he's not as useful as he could be? So sometimes the numbers don't tell you what your eyes are seeing. Sometimes your eyes don't see what the numbers are are doing. doing. Yeah. You have to be able to put them together. And so I would never say throw the numbers out. And I know, Crawley, you're not saying that. No. But you also cannot fucking say the guy, the the numbers show the guy is good. So the guy is good and there's no fucking way to argue it. That's because that's not true either. A couple of good points in the chat real quick. Um, There's uh, Austin writes in stroke violated COVID protocol, I think. Uh, yeah, he went out to dinner. Maybe stuff going on behind the scenes that the Cubs didn't like, which led him to releasing him. I thought of that, too. I no, don't think that's but, why. But, but the Cubs didn't release him. So Strope has the option, and he didn't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, and that and was, I, I think right. it's more the I don't want to ride the bus. I have a lot of money. I live at the beach. That's way better than uh, Iowa. <laughs> you know. And Nick G writes in, Jeremy Jeffress is still without a contract. Now that is probably a situation of some behind-the-scenes stuff going on because he's freaking out on Twitter, blaming old people. He likes drinking and smoking pot, got caught for it a few times. Uh, he has a fish truck, and he should yeah. have a job. Um, oh, and and Tim DeHate, hey, born and raised Iowa right here. I, I see you out there, <laughs> yeah, but your name is DeHate. Come on. I, I am from Iowa. <laughs> Des Moines isn't that bad. I I will pronounce the S's like a, I, a true it, Frenchman. And I do believe Des Moines has gotten much better than when I was young. Like when I was young, I had to go up there a few times and it sucked balls. Um, you know, so, some other some other wrote, uh, moves that happened is that Arietta went on the IL. Remember, he got shelled the other day. Yeah. And uh, and he was saying that there was an issue with, with his thumb, right? That there was some sort of cut. Mm-hmm. On one of his, I think his thumb, and it was it was affecting his grip on the ball. So he was on the IL. Uh, luckily today the Cubs have off. I think they have off on Monday, so they got a couple of days where they don't need a fifth starter. But was what was really scary and difficult was uh, Nico and Hap colliding. That yeah. was scary. Yeah. No. And what's going on with Nico's on the on Nico's in Illinois? Hap isn't, but it looked like Hap was half dead out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I don't know why Hap didn't go on the IL. If that's a concussion thing, he had a concussion last year when that ball hit him in the face, and then he was not the same. You kind of worry about the same thing, you know. Right now, you want to let him take his time to get back because he's such a talented player. I don't know how that wasn't team. a concussion. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it might have been, but it was uh, scary. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe they're not telling us, but. You know, for Nico to be out, he must be banged up in a different way. Like, you know, one of those things where, you know, you fall off your bike or something and you're like, jump up real fast. And you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then like the next day you wake up and you can't move anything. And you're like, oh, God, I'm stuck to the sheets in blood. Like, what happened? <laughs> that actually happened to me one time. I, I woke up. I went to I was drunk and I was bleeding and I didn't realize I was bleeding. And when I woke up, I but the sheets were stuck to me. Um, well, which is good because it helped coagulate the blood and I didn't die <laughs> in the middle of the night. But, I mean, I think that's what happened to him, and I think he's banged up muscularly, whereas Hap is maybe more just they're being overly cautious with some kind of, you know, neurological brain thing. And that, like, that forearm, on the IL, though. 
Yeah, that forearm thing too. That's that's going to affect his actual throwing, you know. And it's it's not like he can sort of, you know, maybe try and play through it. He probably can't even throw right now. The way that I mean, he slammed Hap. By the way, uh, I put up a poll. I only got eight votes, but I said, "Hey, who's whose fault was that, Hap or Horner?" And it was right down the middle, four to four, Hap and Horner. So, what do you guys think? Whose fault? I really, <laughs> I, I, I'm maybe right down the middle with the poll. Like, Let, let's yeah. see it in the in the chat. We'll see what people have I, I going just, on yeah, there too. It, it, it's you know, you had what? Uh, you had Bodie playing shortstop, correct? At that point, what? Well, yeah, was Bodie was playing shortstop. Nico was Nico's at second. coming in, and, no, and, and, and coming in, going out, going out. Yeah, and Hap, and was, Hap coming was coming in, right? And so I just think it's it, you're talking about guys that are not used to playing with, with each other in those positions, those type of things, and it was just miscommunication. I like yeah. this. Uh, little Yumper writes in. Oh, I, I was just yeah. going to hit that little, too. Little Yumper writes in, center fielder's job to call Nico off. And then Eric says right after him, Horner, Horner's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, they, people are agreeing in the chat just as well as on your, uh, on, on your poll and on yeah. the show. I felt like that was Horner's ball just because it was closer to him. He looked like he was tracking it the whole way. And Hap was hauling ass coming in. And I felt like he just had less opportunity. But that is tough because I think that is the center fielder's ball if he wants it. Like Yumper said, it's his job to call him off. And uh, Bill Sugar says Hap needs to call it. Yeah, I mean, he probably does. But, I mean, this used to bother me with Javi because Javi – could get to a ball anywhere, you know. Javi be out like the ball's like hit like to the left field corner, and there's Javi running out there. Is like you know he's almost by the <laughs> ivy. And then the difference is Schwarber knew he was gonna he had a better chance to catch it than he did. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He's like, well, let Javi get it, even though if it's in the left field corner. Um, but no, I mean, I used to be nervous about that, and like those those in between plays, they can be really dangerous. But you know, if you're coming in on the ball, you would think that that's the better play. Than if you're going out on the ball and trying you to do would, an over the shoulder thing, you would, you would think always. so. But it was so it was such a, a Texas leaguer sort of just bloop. And when you watch the play, it looks like fucking Horner just has a bead on it, and it looks like it's one of those plays that if Horner doesn't go out at all on it, Hap runs forward and probably plays it on a bounce instead. Yeah, that's that's what it looked like to me. And so I felt like then that makes it Hap's ball. But it's it's just in that spot where it could just drop on the ground and they both look at each other or they slam into each other. Well, at least we get to see Marisnik and Duffy because of their injuries, because honestly, we wouldn't without it. You know, no, we wouldn't have. And it's been great. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. So we'll see. Well, we well like Nico was another guy that was giving you quality at bats. 
Here's another guy slapping yeah. it around and and doing the same kind of things that Marisnik and Duffy were doing as well. Yeah, he was he's that same kind of hitter, but Hap wasn't, and Hap was yeah. not slapping it around. If you look at Hap's numbers when that he was went Hap's down, only good game. That was the first yeah. time he had had multiple yeah. hits in the he game. Three, he hit a three run homer and tied the game, and then he fucking died. In front of <laughs> <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Five fifty seven OPS. He was just it was his second home run of the year. He's on top of the world with it. I mean. Poor guy. Within, I mean, it was the next inning. He didn't oh, the, even get to enjoy part of the game. The worst part is that concussion. He doesn't remember that game at all. He <laughs> still thinks he hasn't had a good game this year. Mm. Speaking about not having a good game, Brandon Workman. Oh, man, thank it, God. It, it didn't work, man. <laughs> uh, he got worked, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they're figuring out who's not the hot hand. I mean, addition to some practice. I am right? glad they just didn't even fuck around with it. Just cut the ties. Have a nice day. I w- that was one of those things where I'm like, they're going to try to le- try to make this work somehow. They're going to keep trotting this guy out here, and they didn't. So I'm very thankful for yeah. that. I mean, here's what's on his epitaph: six seventy five <laughs> earned run average, <laughs> eight innings pitched, gave up twelve hits, nine runs. Um, uh, only six of them earned though, uh, two home runs, seven walks and 11 strikeouts, a two thirty eight whip. And they batted three thirty three. You like how I say all the bad numbers really dramatically. Um, so yeah, that didn't work, man. And I, I will look at up and down some of these other names that I'm putting up right now. Got a couple guys back in that right now. Kyle Ryan, that did not pass the eye test, but he's just kind of coming back from the COVID thing, but it, it went okay. I'm wondering what they're going to do with Shelby Miller. Is that's done, right? That's finished. Oh, I don't God. know. What? I mean, the only way it's not finished is, you know, they, they DFA him and nobody wants him, and then they just let him – sit down there just in case because at some point they are going to be trading people and some of these relievers who are doing good could possibly be gone and they might need somebody just to fill a spot. That's the only reason I could see hanging on to him, right? Because he doesn't have options, right? Or does he? I don't know. I don't. I don't think he does. He's been up in the league a number of times. Well, what's strange to me is like we kind of been talking about this bullpen, and what's really strange to me right now is that there are four lefties in it. Now that might change by tomorrow. <laughs> there, there were four lefties on this entire team in spring training, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they've got no lefty starters, all lefty relievers, and and I don't know what they're going with. But I mean, honestly, they do because uh, you got Chafin. Who's taking multiple innings, almost at not really acting like a long man, but you know they're definitely working him. Then uh, you have uh, Rex Brothers, which you know that's been a hit and miss situation. I don't know; he feels like a workman to me. You know, then the new guy Justin Steele, who's been good and impressive for a young kid, and then you just have Kyle Ryan now too. So it's like I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think um, you know Steele probably goes back because of the option situation. What but about the right? But that is, sucks, is that's he, not the right thing to do for the team. Isn't he the best guy you've got out there outside? Well, like a like not a Kimbrel or whatever. Maybe I mean maybe even Mills. But I mean the the best guy who's like just a reliever who's just kind of making his way. I love Steele. Like I like seeing him work. 
Yeah. What do you think? I mean, if if you were going to cut a lefty, which they're gonna, they're not going to tr- travel four lefties in their bullpen. Who does that? <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, think, I, I, I think Ryan would be get the short end of the stick on this one right now. Really? Even though he just got back and he has a little uh, bit more experience? I'm not saying field? cut off the team. I'm just saying <laughs> the next guy to go back on the Iowa shuttle. Oh, gotcha. Just see what he's got. I mean, it didn't pass the eye test to me. I just thought that maybe he needed a little bit more time. Chip says cut Ryan. Yeah, I mean, he was good, though. I mean, Ryan was right. one of the uh, one of the dudes last year. And did, was it 2019 where he, we first saw him? Yeah. I want to say it was 2019 that we first saw him. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? And that, that was like the first time we're like, ooh, Pitch Lab might be like bringing people like Wick and Ryan. Like they all came at the same time. So right. why did why did they bring him up so quickly though? You know what I mean? Like he like you guys are saying, he just came off the IL. He just came off the COVID protocols. And it looks like he wasn't necessarily ready to be in that game right there. I like how mean, long has he been been in Des Moines? They've only been playing for like four minutes. Yeah. 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 Like why <laughs> why the fuck too. didn't they just let him stay there for a little while? Yeah, I mean they have a guy named Strope they <laughs> that have. they probably could have held on to for maybe just a little bit longer and let him, you know, work out down in Des Moines. Yeah. Now, even though we're in this weird bullpen situation, this is another reason I was shocked is is the Dodgers series how much the bullpen the Cubs bullpen played a role in this thing. Well, I mean, not really in Game One because Kyle Hendricks went the full seven. Which is a, a com- complete game. I called it. I called it a complete incomplete. Hmm. That's what. Yeah. That's what those are called now. I think it's a complete incomplete. Well, and that was the only game that wasn't close. And what I loved about, I mean, and first of all, I have to point out, two of these games went extra innings. Which, you know, I hate the seven-inning doubleheader. I think it's stupid as fuck. You play nine innings, that's baseball. Nine batters, nine innings. Like, it's had such a, a symmetry to it that – and the players, of course, love it. They're like, oh, I don't have to work very hard? Great. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go to dinner. Let's order pizza. So, but the fans, it, it's, it screws people over. Like, I had tickets to the first game. So, what, I'm just gypped out of two innings? I, what, do I get to pay – freaking 25% less for my ticket for less baseball or no, I'm just screwed. You bought the ticket when it was a nine inning game and you give me seven innings. There's going to be a lawsuit at some point, you know, here's here's a question I have for you, Danny. You've been to those games, right? Do they serve alcohol for the entire game? It seemed they did, although I wasn't drinking at the game that day because I had shit to do later, but because um, normally they cut that off after the seventh, but the baseball gods, yeah, they do. Oh, actually, in the in Wrigley, it's the eighth or the time it is at night. Uh, it, you know, it's, that's the rule. it's like right before the eighth, though, right? Like after the seventh is over. No, it's it's bottom the of the pitch. seventh. It's supposed to be over, but they're still walking around. They're like, still walking oh, around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, but shh, secrets of Wrigley. Secrets. Secrets. <laughs> so secrets here's another secret of Wrigley. As long as we're on the on the uh, the uh, subject, um, a secret of Wrigley is that there's really no difference between. Uh, vodka and hand sanitizer so i'm not saying drink and i am not saying drink hand sanitizer but i am saying that i think you could sneak vodka in in a hand sanitizer bottle that has been well cleaned because hand sanitizer should not be drunk by anybody but um uh, 27 innings innings were played in the series over three games and it and the baseball guys were with us 
So, uh, you know, overall, like it all evened out. I thought that maybe, you know, going into the series, face knowing you're going to face the Dodgers four fewer innings than you would have had to by a fake rainout, by the way. It did not rain Monday night. Jesus, I was so pissed. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird, right? Yeah. If you check back on my weather reports that I've been giving diligently lately. I was uh, so my my wife's cousin had tickets. I, I sold him the tickets for that game. And and here's what they they've done this a couple times and I don't understand it. You have a couple options. If you think the weather's going to be shit, then call it at a decent time. Call it at 3 p.m. then. If you're saying that the forecast says this and the four then call it. If you're going to say if you're going to roll the dice, then let people in, let them have a couple of beers, you make a little bit of money, and then call it if it doesn't happen. But this was one of those like weird in-between ones where they called it at like 5, 510, like the game started at 640. Yeah, you're already so, downtown. You're already at right. the bar having a pregame. Yeah. It, it, why would you do that? They've done it before, and it was just stupid, and then there was no rain. Yeah, they were so bad. They could have gotten that whole game in, no problem at all. And – I wonder if it's just the idea that they're so scared of having these dudes hanging out in the clubhouse in COVID times uh, that they don't want to even chance that that would happen. But then what happened the next day was it actually did rain and they played two games. I yeah, mean, but here, here's the thing, Danny, is they're with each other all the time. They're on planes. It doesn't matter yeah, if you're in the clubhouse. I, I think maybe it's more the fans in the concourse. Yeah, you they know, don't the want the fans huddled there. in the concourse. Is but, probably, I mean, I know the Ricketts don't give a shit, but but, here, but here's like, the thing: is that yeah, when there's forty thousand people, then it kind of gets a little tricky with the concourse and shit like that. But with with as spread out as it is, you could easily all go underneath the awnings. There's, and there's no problems. Of room. Yeah, there's plenty of room, and people so can distance and stay in their pods or whatever it is. But I I will say this because. Uh, Two of these three games, the Cubs kicked their ass in game one. And two of the three games went extra innings. And this is this is something I'm going to bring up on our, uh, our locker room show because we've been doing this show on Tuesday nights on the locker room app, plug, plug. But you could show up at 6 p.m. But an un, we, we did unpopular Cubs takes. And and opinions and don't say my, it, Danny. My new, I know I can see. Don't your fuck say it. Hey, I'm gonna bring it up on the on the. Uh, I'm gonna save it, but I'm kind of digging the extra inning clown ball, and I will continue to call it clown ball. I find it ridiculous. And remember, my first idea was that they would load the bases. Like, oh, you want to make it fun? Load the bases. Let's see what happens. Let's put crooked numbers on the board. Have a good time. So that's the only thing I do like about clown ball now with the runner on second is there's shit going on. There's it's a hyped up moment. It's not like, yeah, no, you've been to an extra innings game where it just like it's almost like a war of attrition. Like they forgot all how to score runs and they forgot how to hit. And like you're seeing like the ninth picture pitcher out there. Nobody like the John Baker game. They forgot how to play baseball. They forgot how to score runs, both teams. And I'm kind of digging the runner on second. That's what I'm saying. I like the new extra innings rule momentarily until it fucks me over. And since, hey, since you're talking about it, Bill Sugar says, what the fuck is a locker room app? Well, you down. It's like club. Come on, boomer. Yeah, come get on, boomer. The, get we've with been the talking boomer. about this for weeks. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the locker room app is like Clubhouse. And basically, we're going to show up on Tuesday. You follow Sun Ranto Show. And then Crawley's got an account. And Michael's got an account. And, I, and I'm Sun Ranto Show. And then I start a room. Then everybody comes into the thing. And uh, you can kind of take the stage and you can talk uh, about whatever topic we're talking about. So last week we had unpopular Cubs opinions. And then uh, I think we need a part two because I only got through half my list. And now we got to talk about runner in second. But and there's been some good ones that have uh, been sent to me, like Pearl Jam sucks and like things <laughs> like that, um, uh, that I wanted to delve into. But um, a topic a week. That's what I'm saying. That's locker room. Download it. And you have to have an iOS device. Here's the thing. Dominic Gallardo says he's digging it as well. And this is the same thing. Galoro. 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 (laughs) I I got the Spanish in me where the two L's make a Y. Gallardo. Gallardo. So I'm sitting there taking a look at this. And, you know, the strategy and action. And Joe, and not Joe Madden, but uh, David Ross said the same thing in the offseason. They said, of all those rules, which one did you like? And he said he liked the extra inning rule. I don't give a fuck. It takes away home field advantage. That's the problem. It's not – look, yes, you can do lots of things to make the fucking game, you know, a little more fun. You can bring a tee out instead of giving walks and let them hit off the tee. That would would create a lot more fucking action in the game instead of walking. I know I've seen it with Little League. It's great. These are Little League fucking rules. But you you put the guy on second – to start the extra innings, you're taking away the home field advantage from the home team. That's the whole fucking reason the home team bats last is so that they can come back. The Cubs were able to come back this week, but the the win probability people don't even do these extra inning games. They don't put out the fucking stats because – but if you look anywhere, if you look in the first inning and you see a team scores one run, guess what? The fucking needle starts to move in their direction. Now think about that in the last inning of a game, how far it's going to move. It moves in their direction. It's ridiculous. Well, here's the thing I will tell you that, that you know, for years I've gone to games. I think the longest game I ever went to is like a 16, 17 inning game. But when you get into those like extra inning games, you want to talk about three true outcomes. A lot of these guys just sit there in these extra inning games and they try to win it all on one swing. Every time it's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Now you got a guy on second and all of a sudden people start deciding to play baseball as you should, making contact, moving the runner over, kind of the things that we've talked about as far as getting action. So I will say that that from what I've noticed, and again, I've, I've been to two extra inning games this year, both of them to complete the sweeps, but there is action going on whereas in extra innings before after like the 10th inning like nobody gives a shit anymore they're just swinging for whatever they're they're swinging out of their yeah. shoes completely i trying will to hit. i and and i i can understand that and i get it but that's a that's the problem with the league as a fucking hole right now that's why the league has a 230 batting average because uh all the stats geeks have told everybody that base hits aren't worth doing. It's not worth it to a stats geek to get a fucking single. They're like, why would you ever want to get a single? That doesn't even make sense. You only get to go one fourth of the way. If you just hit the ball harder and more up, you get to go all the way around. I mean, that sounds logical to me. And you get to let me, 
punch it into my calculator, and I'm going to tell you, all you got to do is swing up. Oh, they're, they're throwing strikes at the top of the strike zone, and you can't hit it? Well, I don't know. I guess it's your fucking problem. It's, it's not that – I mean – that's just not how baseball's played anymore. This is how we do it. We hit home runs or we strike out or we walk. Fuck you, <laughs> motherfuckers. Well, well, I will say this. That I don't think the Cubs uh, win uh, two of these games, maybe without some singles. And that's really kind of what it came down to as far all as... Of like- their, all of their good wins this year has been lots of hits... And then they just run into a couple of homers. I mean, yeah. that's how the game's supposed to be played. Well, and and you look at this uh, game three. I'm going to put up the box score here. They win six to five. Yet they made it all count. You know, they they seven hits only in this game. And check out Duffy's line. He scores three runs. He gets three hits. He only knocked one of them in. So he was just on base, and he took a walk. He was on base four times. Only struck out one time. He was batting three oh eight on the season, and his OPS. Is seven ninety four, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's pretty average. It's a good player. That's fine." You know, it's you know, you'd be you'd be digging it, but it's the batting average that you need behind these sluggers. Now, right now, they've got him batting. You, know, you got Marisnik, who's not a slugger, and the pitcher behind him. So I'm kind of like, at least in at last night they did. So I, I'm I think well, and actually, could- two of these games, that bottom of the order is what got things rolling. Right? The bottom yeah, of the order. And it's the guys not swinging for the fucking fences all the time. They're just trying to put the ball in play because that's their job. And those things lead to good things. Well, and I and I hate to say it, but like Sogard playing shortstop in game two on uh, Tuesday evening goes two for three. Uh, didn't score any runs, but, you know, look up and down. Ildemaro Vargas scoring a run and taking two walks. You and uh, you know, you've got the bottom of the order scoring all the runs, whereas you look up top, Jock Peterson's still not really doing anything um, except for like. How, how bad did that look? <laughs> I was dying laughing because I didn't see that. I thought it was a home run. I thought it was, it was so a home did, run. So did he. Oh, oh, that. Oh, you want to know who else thought that was a home run? John Shiambi. Because I was doing some shit, and all of a sudden, I heard John Shep, oh, it's way back. Oh, my God, it's going to go out. And I come fucking running in, and it's a warning track shot. That motherfucker doesn't know baseball. Come on, dickhead. You got the best fucking view in the place, and you just called a warning track shot like he fucking won the World Series. What a dickhead. Give him shit for the rest of his life. So Sutcliffe was. I I heard the audio this morning. They were or uh, this afternoon. They were playing it on the uh, Parkinson Spiegel show on the score. And so Sutcliffe was busting his balls on that because, <laughs> because and they were talking about it afterwards. And it was really funny because what Shiami was saying is that like, you know, sometimes like you get caught up in this moment. It's like, here you go. Jock Peterson against his own team. He's struggling. And in an extra inning game, he hits, you know what I mean? So he had it all built up. So when that happened, he freaked out and the ball just, Died Not. probably about four <laughs> inches from the basket. Let, let so, me let me let me tell you this is so. I'm I'm going to translate what you just said. Shabby said. Sometimes you have a fucking story that you want to tell, and you don't fucking care what's happening on the field. That sounds like an ESPN game. That's John Shabby in a fucking nutshell. 
He does not care what's happening in the game. And everybody's been giving me shit. Well, this team sucks, so he's just trying to do whatever he can to make it enjoyable. Well, guess what? The game when they beat the shit out of Kershaw in the fourth, that was a fun game. The team was kicking ass, and guess who fucking gave up on the game? John Shambi. So it doesn't matter whether they're winning or they're losing. John Shambi doesn't like baseball. He wants to fucking tell his stories and do his fucking thing and not watch what's happening on the field. He fucking skips at bats, full at bats. He skips completely. I'm watching the game, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? There's a game happening, and he's like, well, my shoes are shiny. They're really cool. Do you like them? Hey, hey, Sut, why don't you tell him that story that's only going to be funny to you and me because (laughs) nobody else was there. Let's tell that story. That's fun. Oh, my God. Sutcliffe. And I love Sutcliffe. Now, he seems like a a, – Carl, you've hung out with Sutcliffe, right, at some – probably – Pony up to some bar. He just seems like just a fun guy to hang out with. I loved him as a kid. I would be honored to meet him. I've, not, I've never had an opportunity to really hang out with him. Um, it, it, now, but his stories, they're, uh, they're honestly, you had to be their stories. Every single one of them uh, is just like, Oh, and then, uh, you know, when I was in Albuquerque, I was hanging out with Tommy Lasorda and we were eating this manicotti that his mom bought. And you're like, Dude, nobody cares. Like, I know that would be cool to eat manicotti oh, with Lasorda. But- I'm telling you, no, 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 no. If you're ever at Cubs Con or if you're ever at a bar, anywhere where you see Rick Sutcliffe, his stories are the best. They He's just a great storyteller. The, the, the ones he can tell at the bar probably are. Yeah. But the ones he can say on air on a fucking button-down place like Murky, you can't fucking do that. He's going to get canceled. Like, every time he started to tell a story, I was like, oh, this is the one. This is the one where he hits the Mark Grace note, and he's going down. And uh, and he kept not doing it, but he did seem to get drunker, and I think he's taking belts of whiskey in the back room. Uh, oh, I think yeah. he. I don't. I think that's what he considers part of the job. He's like, well, Harry Carey did it. So, but um, do you? But do you mind? I mean, I like it. Oh, oh I, I hate it. I fucking hate it. You I hate, hate Sutcliffe. Me. His stories are bad for for TV during a game because I'm not. It, it, well, first of all, poor Jim Deshays. Poor Jim Deshays. <laughs> yes, he cannot get a word in edgewise between Boog talking about spin rate and like doing uh, demonstrations of it with a pen, and uh, Sutcliffe telling like war stories from Albuquerque when he was hanging out one time with Steve Garvey, and then like you know, and then. Poor Jim Deshays is like being like, so there's a runner on second and, you know, the game's tied. So maybe right. he's doing Shambi's job. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. Is and, and look, it doesn't matter if uh, he's telling the greatest stories in the world. There's not enough room in a baseball booth for three people. It has been proven and proven and proven and proven. There's not enough room for three people it doesn't fucking matter which three people it is three people is too much it's and that's a, why that's why you are people or it's vin scully when 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 jd's contract is up he i don't think he's coming back yeah no I, he won't and you know what they bring in dempster i think that might be okay that might be fine 
I'm fine with that because fucking JD and Shabby don't work together because Shabby's a dickhead to him. Every time, every time JD tries to get something going, right? This is a, this is a, uh, what is improv class, right? Yeah. Every yes time and. JD. Yes. And is what you're supposed to do. In right. He tries class. to throw something to him and fucking Shambi just stonewalls him. Yeah, he does. He's like, he's a dick. He, he, he changes the subject real quick. And, and the chat is agreeing with you. Uh, uh, Eric, uh, Wade Ginter says, yes, Shambi sucks. I've noticed he doesn't even talk about the game. Bill says cotton nailing it. And uh, Nick G says, you never go full dig back. <laughs> <laughs> and Artie says, great advice. You don't hit the Mark Grace note. No, nope. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't. Um, so whatever uh, what else happened in these games, uh, Keegan Thompson made his major league debut and it wasn't too big for him. Uh, let's put up his line real quick. Um, Looked game. good and on fairly short rest. Like he had pitched like two days before. It's not like. You know, it's not like he got a ton of time off. Like, that was good. So he went out there. He almost pitched four innings, gave up two hits, two walks, two strikeouts, no runs. So, I mean, against the Dodgers lineup that just won the World Series, you're like, cool, bro. <laughs> like, way to go. Um, and then every, and then it was the cast of characters that is the Cubs bullpen uh, somewhat after that. But he, how many pitches did he throw? Uh, and, and can you imagine your first game? As a major leaguer going up against the last year's Cy Young Award winner. Like how right, many times yeah. has that ever happened? <laughs> that a guy in his first major league game goes up against the guy that won the Cy Young. I, oh, um, oh, and oh, and by the way, it's only seven innings, so we really don't have time for you to fuck around. And you know, Danny, I was thinking about something that you said on the, the Ranters roundtable the other day is that every time you see this parade of relievers that have to come in, cause you don't have guys that go four or five innings, you got this parade of relievers that come through. All it takes is one guy to have a bad day to fuck that all up. Yeah. And, and, and so you're increasing the odds of that happening. And I know every, every one of the, I mean, it's just natural. Bullpen guys are going to have a bad day here and there. Some have more bad days than others. But the longer you have to rely on that bullpen, the more you and the and more guys that are going to be coming in, the more of a chance that you are going to have somebody have a bad day. And what freaked me out the most about the the two games, not the Hendricks start, but how awesome was that? Like just a flashback of 2016 when Hendricks and Kershaw uh, went up and LCS yeah, game well, six. And, here's Hendricks's line. Yeah, seven innings pitched, seven hits, uh, which you don't like to see, but he's pitched a contact guy. Only it, one it was, run. It was One like the fifth inning before Sutcliffe actually uh, reminded everybody this was the first time these two had faced off since Game Six, twenty sixteen. But yeah, it well, was it was a good memory of it. But the thing that shocked me the most about winning those two extra innings is just the Cubs are. If you want to complain about the extra inning rule, the Cubs have the worst kind of bullpen for that—a pitch to contact bullpen where you're going to have a guy on second and you don't miss bats. Well, you'd say that, that that we don't have strikeouts guy strikeout guys, but in uh, game two, which I put up the pitching line of it, where Keegan Thompson went three point two innings, uh, didn't give him any runs. The Cubs didn't give up any runs until Kimbrel blew his first save of the year and gave up the one uh, home run uh, to Max freaking Muncy. Who, goddamn Max Muncy, he just kills us. I got like, Max freaking Muncy, like. He, he he was like a car salesman. Then all of a sudden, he's just a cub killer. And then, uh, but 
Hayward hit the home run, uh, which is like the most exciting thing he's done all year. And then uh, Muncy ties it off of Kimbrell, but Kimbrell does strike out two. Then Maples comes in, strikes out two, but he gives up the two run, blows the save. Like you said, night almost ruined because of Dylan Maples in that moment. Luckily, Javi had it in him to come back, back against the wall, hits the home run, and then you win it. And then, uh, but Justin Steele also. I don't know, like a walk and two strikeouts, no hits. I mean, you'll take that if if you're coming up and you're throwing BBs and you're getting strikeouts at the back end of a game. And yeah, he got he ended up get, he ended up getting the win. By the way, I think that's his first major league win. It, it was oh, and the the pure adrenaline and joy when he came off after uh, you know getting that through that inning. Yeah, so cool so, and then, so nice. But then we saw it again in, in game two because Alzali, or, or game three, I should say, Alzali only goes five, uh, but seven strikeouts. Man, this kid's impressing me. That new slider that we see out of him, like, I, I'm a huge fan of Alzali, and I really hope that the Cubs continue to, to well, in, nurture, in, nurture him properly. And what I liked was everybody was, everybody's on that slider all the time, right? So he came out and attacked him with that fastball for like the first two innings, the first time through the order, he just fucked with people with that fastball and then went to that slider. And it was really effective. Um, the only issue that I see with Alzali right now and, and everybody should see it is that he doesn't go long into games. I hope that that develops. If it doesn't, if he's going to be a five inning guy for his whole career, he'll never make it past like that number four, well, number three spot. But, it's going to be a good number four, number three guy. The thing they're trying to do is they're very worried, you know, just being very careful with the arms and the innings. And that's kind of the tricky part here. Uh, I know that what I heard on the post game yesterday on the way home is that uh, he was, they were planning on having him come out for the sixth and he, and he was feeling dizzy or something. He wasn't feeling good. And then uh, Rossi just, you know, he had a reliever up anyway. It was going to, you know, just kind of, toss him but had him warm up but they were gonna have him go six so you're gonna start to see him try to build up but they're gonna be very very careful with Alzali. He, he made it through six in his start before this last one you know he was so, gonna come out the six this this time yeah yeah so it seems like they are trying to to stretch him out and let him work through some of the things i'm not i'm i'm absolutely not uh talking shit about the way that they're using him you know, yeah. I I really like where he's going. You know, I just I hope that he starts to build up, you know, some longer games. Well, only seventy nine pitches, so I think that the, he obviously could have come out if he had felt better. But you know, it was once again, it was the game went extras. We were losing. We came back. We won it again. Uh, you know, it was the parade, and this time it was Mills's unfortunate. Uh, moment to give up the the runs at the end. Uh, well, Ryan wasn't good. Kyle Ryan yeah, wasn't good. Let, let me just say, Mills kind of got out of some situations, and like I said, pitch to contact guy that makes you a little nervous. But for me, I was having a hard time because we were at the game, and you know, I was all about the jumbotrons, but sometimes they don't show the replays. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm, so yeah. we're at the we're at the game and that play where Rizzo, it looked like he we didn't we thought he missed the bag. Right. So that was like a double play opportunity to get out of the inning. Yeah. And it looked like he to us it looked like he it was one of those step on the bag, throw it to second. Yeah. And and, it, and it apparently it was Yeah, that's what apparently it was something it was. different, but I don't know. 
Well, it, well it was a strange thing. I think that was Rizzo's fuck up, to be honest. Like, I it, that's how it felt to me. I mean, he being so close to the bag, I, I, he kind of stepped back. So Javi assumed the same thing you all assumed. Rizzo just didn't do what everybody assumed he did, and the no, it, one, well, you know. So if if you watch the play, Rizzo had to to pick up the ball. He had to move towards first. He picked it up, immediately went into double play mode, right? And it looked like he touched that bag, but that was not him trying to or anything. He That's just where his foot landed. And then it was be, based on where Javi was, where the runner was and everything, you couldn't see it. It was all just sort of a, a shitty thing. But Rizzo was doing the right thing because – if he touches the bag, that makes the runner going to second non not a force out. Yeah. That means if the runner going from third to home makes it home before the tag, that run counts. Right. If he if he goes to the double play, which is what he wanted, it doesn't matter when the run crosses home plate, as long as they get the double play, that run gets nullified. So in and you know. Yeah, we get to think about it forever, right? And watch the replays and fucking decide what he has like no time. But what he knows is if we get the double play, that run absolutely cannot score. And so and they, that's talked, what he, they talked about it after the game. Kind of there's a communication breakdown between Javi and Rizzo as far as who's saying what and what was supposed to happen. The only thing Rizzo could have done better is actually to yell two, 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 two so that so that Javi realizes he didn't touch the bag. Yeah. But I think it looked to every, but the fucking home plate ump. Yeah. He thought even he, he it, thought it was out. And even, even Ross did. They, they went to review it. They're like, did he touch the bag? I thought he touched the bag. You thought yeah. he touched the bag. Crawl, you were there. You saw it. You thought that's what the play was. Javi thought he touched the bag. He's celebrating the double play. Well, Javi <laughs> caught the ball on second base, so he's yeah. already out, and then he made the tag, the tag because yeah. there's no way he could know that Rizzo didn't touch that bat. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you know how Dodger fans are obnoxious. They're doing their let's go Dodgers. I think there's like four Dodgers fans, like maybe three rows behind us, and, and all of a sudden they get what we thought was a double play, and we're all celebrating like, fuck yeah, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, never mind, run scores, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> yeah, worse. And it, and Artie, Artie pops it up here, uh, continuous play rule. So if you if you want to look in the actual rules of baseball to see why he would have made that decision or what he was thinking, that's what it was. And yeah. if he throws – some people were saying he should have stepped on second – or stepped on first and thrown home. If he does that, the dude can run back to third. And then there's no run, but now you got a runner on second and third – with two outs it's it didn't he's he's only thinking about getting out of the inning my 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 thinking about right my complaint is if you're gonna put fucking scoreboards can we can we see some replays that's all oh 100 percent. if they're (laughs) not showing that fucking replay oh yeah listen the the marquee network is is very similar like with some of the camera work and 
you know, sometimes you're like, why are they showing the right field line? Well, what about what about that mega? What is it, Megatron camera? Oh my god, Megalodon, or it's got some dinosaur name, and all it is is it blurs out the background and then like makes it look all like you're in a fucking Viewmaster for those of you from the eighties. <laughs> you know, like remember the Viewmaster? That, yeah, like, I just oh, I said there, like so is real life, asshole. <laughs> I, I was, I was. Uh... Know, I mean, what do I need to buy? Fucking five dollars for this DJ. <laughs> I see 3D in a few master. I'm like, well, I could look at fucking the real life too. So, I was just it, to me, it looked like uh, it looked like a video game. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah, looked yeah. like uh, the show. I was like, yeah. what is going on with that? It Turn looked real like people fake. <laughs> it looked like your boss won't know you're at the game anymore because they can't see your face. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, well, they can't see it anyway because you have to mask in the seat. Otherwise, somebody's going to come down and be like, hey, buddy, mask. I, I, they're, they're getting pretty loose with that. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and, they, and I will meet you know, it. Is, uh, they meet out the rules how they f- see fit to who since, they want to meet them out to is what I've noticed. Yeah, they're like, since I'm going to talk with those guys. Yeah, yeah. Since we're talking about these these rules, though, real quick, uh, here's one thing that I will agree with John Chiambi about. The umpires need to be mic'd the fuck up. He says it every time. Nobody knows what's going on. The announcers for TV do not know what these guys are looking at when they're looking at replays. The fans in the stands do not know. And then after the play, you don't even know why or how the play was called. Like, you don't know if it was like, you know, they agreed with the call or they, they couldn't let agree. Just, let me uh, add on to that too, is that I don't ever want to hear that they had some camera angle in New York that we didn't see. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Where, where are these cameras? Where are <laughs> they fucking hiding these cameras? In the well, out. What? In How the, did you get that from that angle? Well, we have an angle you didn't see. It's like that Simpsons episode where Aurora Borealis is in the kitchen. Can you see it? <laughs> no. Behind the steamed hams. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're still, I mean, the replay is not that new. They should absolutely do it. They have the technology. Shit, they do it in other sports. For God's sake, they have the, you know, the, the, um, in the, re, in the NFL, the referees like out there, the reading war and peace sometimes is like, on the second down, he had a flag <laughs> on the play, and then his helmet fell off, and then he called his mom, and, you know, it's just like. I, I love it. And then they start rattling off the numbers. 53, <laughs> touched 42, but 42 had it coming. <laughs> then he hit the chalk on the sideline, and then his hat <laughs> fell off. and Yeah, no, it's like they, they do give uh, longer explanations, and we get nothing, so. Um, well, we should. Uh, I, I think we've uh, exhausted this series for the most part. I mean, Cubs are playing well. I'm I'm happy, but now we're facing a a, a really tough foe because we haven't really been able to beat them so much this year, uh, annoyingly so in the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, um, speaking of exhausting the subject, I, I am exhausted, guys, and I'm going to kind of. I know I was, we got a special guest coming on, but uh, yeah, we're going to switch. We're going to do the old switcheroo. We're going to switch out Crawley. For Brian Ziegler, the Pirates fan and my good friend from New York City, and um, he's going to come on and uh, talk a little bit Pirates so we can preview what, this One next thing series. I'm going to say real quick before I go, before I spagog out of here, if the Cubs win the first two games of the series, I'll be going to a third chance for a sweep in three games in a row. 
Oh, beautiful. It would be nice. Mets, Dodgers, and if they can pull it off by winning the first two, the Pirates. Yeah, I, I don't know. The Pirates are a tough team to the Cubs, apparently. Like, uh, we yeah. can beat. We put, I, and I want to talk about this at some point. Uh, see how it uh, something to watch for playing up to your competition, playing down to your competition, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, I think it's worth to maybe it's too early to start talking about this stuff, but I mean, obviously that comes up when you sweep two teams that were picked to take the divisions of their right. I mean, the Padres, I mean, the Pirates have some real pitching, they don't have like a Clayton Kershaw. Or uh, or uh, <laughs> they don't have they don't have two Cy Young winners <laughs> to throw at us on one day. Well, they That's used to. Be, yeah. but they used to, but they traded them to other teams. They they're now on the Astros and uh, the Rays, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right, boys, Spagog. All right, Spagog, dude. Take it um, easy, man. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. The Sunranto Show is also brought to you by Kansas City Stakes. You work hard and you play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for the summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. SD. Those are letters. SD. From classic cut steaks to USDA Prime to American style Kobe, hard to find specialty cuts and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with your family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter-tender filet mignon, Kansas City Strip's juicy steak burgers, all-beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD, KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. 10% off, free shipping. Back to the show. So uh, I guess without further ado then, uh, Mr. Brian Ziegler, come on, come on down. You're the hey. next contestant on the prices is, is uh, somewhat okay. Excellent. Can you hear me? All good. We, we can, but your your video is choppy. Y- you sound great. You look like you're from 1998. I am. <laughs> but so is I the, wish I was from the Those those were Brian's best days, I believe. 1998. <laughs> there was um, some good times. So. Um, so, uh, well, first of all, how are you? Uh, are you enjoying watching Pirates baseball this year? And um, why the hell would you say yes? Well, I'll tell you, I, 
it's a, you know, the, the tough thing is, you know, we're hoping to, uh, you know, we are hoping to play down to our competition and with the, uh, with the Cubs series coming up. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy, looking forward to us. Oh my God. I'm happy that that extra hundred million dollars has gotten you a game and a half ahead of us in the standings. That's, <laughs> that's good work, man. I, I was, I've been looking forward to this for so long and I was just hoping, look, I know the Bucks are going to tank. I'm just really hoping that they could just stay ahead of you until this series. Well, because yeah. I, I, I'm kind of limited in the shit I can give you, but you know, I it, it was you know during during the preseason kickoff, it was easy to take a lot of the abuse. Then I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh, you guys suck too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can have fun with this. <laughs> well, like it, God you know, damn it. Besides the first uh, series, uh, which the Cubs did win, they did manage to to win. I, I believe they did, right? In, yeah, they they yeah. they lost the home opener. They won the next. They two won games. the next two, that and then the last then, time they won a series for a month or some shit like that. Not yeah, enough. and and then they really didn't win the rest of April. And the Pirates were actually kind of doing okay for yeah. uh, for half a second, and. Um, then the wheels kind of fell off on this yeah. last road trip a little bit, right? I mean, yeah, we lost six or seven coming into this. So yeah, yeah. It, well, you lost. You were playing the Padres up until Wednesday, and you lost two or three there, which you beat the Padres two to one. So that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then St. Louis, you got swept by, which that's why they're in first now, and, and um, that hurts more than anything. I got it. Losing to the Cardinals is just. Just painful. But here's the thing. Like, I understand why you beat Detroit on the road, but you beat Minnesota, which they have not played well. But, um, you know, still, like, people think they're good. You've managed to, to beat Kansas City. Like, what I'm wondering is, like, about the Pirates overall is would do you think that they're going to, just because they're young kids that don't know that they suck, that they'll actually <laughs> run into some wins that they don't deserve? Uh, sure, some. I, but I mean, I, you know, I don't think this is going to be like the, you know, the '97 team that, you know, won 79 games and almost kind of stumbled into the playoffs accidentally. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't if think they win 97 games. They will. Well, sure. <laughs> Did I say 97? I meant 79. I, I, I enjoy this uh, this uh, comment from the chat from Dennis. Pittsburgh, a low-budget team with a low-budget fan with a 1998 webcam. <laughs> this is an iPhone. Am, I, am yeah. I still coming off that bad? It, it is. It, it, I don't know what's going on. This might be a StreamYard issue or something. I don't know. We don't know. It's uh, Sometimes it just acts wonky. Um, but it's okay. I mean, it's mostly a podcast. We're a podcast that went video because we're too handsome to stay behind the, the you know, to just stay behind microphones. That goes so, for two of us. So, oh. Key Brian Hayes, we saw him at the beginning. Of, we saw his we saw his rookie uh, debut is is last year. We saw yeah. his debut game. He hit a home run. He's he's been awesome. He's your future. He's great at defense. He's great at hitting. And then he got hurt like the first game of the season, and he's been out since then with the wrist thing. So is he coming back soon, or what's up? Well, I, you know, they've been saying he's coming back soon for weeks. Uh, you know, it's funny. I went back and looked at some articles, and like in mid-April, they were like, he's going to be back in a week or so. He'll be back soon. I think, honestly, they know they're punting the season. So why bring him back with a wonky wrist and risk having him be out for another month or so? Um it, there's, there's just there, there's no point in risking it. I think, right? That makes sense. 
And you've had, he's, he is the franchise. Oh, he is. He is. So why would you, why would you try to rush him in any way? I mean, there has, yeah, uh, there hasn't been any hype on someone like this since McCutcheon, where they just know he's going to be the face of the franchise. And so they trade him to the Yankees. So then you got Eric Gonzalez, who's uh, nobody's ever heard of playing third. And uh, you just, he's like a utility dude that's just filling in right now. And then, uh, and then Gregory Polanco is on the IL, uh, but you don't know why, which means uh, well, it's probably COVID. I mean, I do know. Well, it, it could be that. <laughs> or the conspiracy theory is it's interesting. He went on the uh, IL right when the AAA season starts. Um, okay. So the idea is maybe he'll have a nice, long, you know, rehab assignment. Right. Uh, hoping if he can at least hit a AAA, maybe we can trade him. And his eight-figure salary for a, you know a bag of baseballs and a permani sandwich. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It comes with French fries on that sandwich, doesn't it? And coleslaw. And coleslaw. And coleslaw. Yeah, that's quite a thing. I've had it. The Permanti brothers. Um, and then, um, so uh, who else is on your team? Like, what, what's going on with your team? Like, I mean, I mean, I, I could put up some some numbers here. I might as well. Like, you do have yeah. players on your team, and it's it's funny because. You know, we would love to take the Pirates for granted like we used to take the Reds for granted and stuff. But the Pirates, regardless of where they are in the standings, last place, they still manage to put up good numbers against the Cubs for some reason. But if you look up and down, you got Adam Frazier, your second baseman. He's got the most played appearances this year. He's not terrible. He's batting 288, 350 OBP. Brian Reynolds, your left fielder. Uh, he's batting 291. Colin Moran's batting 292. Now you got not a lot of home run hitters. Your top guys got four, no. and that's Philip Evans, a utility player, and and that's he's hitting home runs like a utility player. Four would be about right for a guy like that. So, uh, but then it really falls off from there. Your center fielder, who uh, Dustin Fowler, any relation to Dexter? Uh, yes, his uh, his brother. Oh, he, his not as good, not nearly as good brother. Okay, yeah, um, obviously he's batting 171. With an you know, he was, uh, he was just sent down. He was just sent down um, to the alternative site. Uh, Reynolds, Reynolds is playing center now. Um, oh, okay. Uh, just because uh, the, the two guys they signed to play center, and uh, boy, I, you know, I was, I was wrong. I said actually keep an eye out for Anthony Alford, uh, and – Wow, was he a piece yeah. uh, can of I, work? I, can uh, I give can I give his numbers because it's yeah, really bad. I yeah. love I love these numbers. Yeah, he uh, he did two hits, and now here's the impressive thing: he did score two runs. I don't know if it was on those hits, but he did. He is fast. Yeah, he's fast. <laughs> uh, he, well, he he can uh, you know run those. Uh, those entrees out to the Applebee's well, customers real quick. Because- any more? Any more? You could score two runs and just having some. You know, two extra inning games and never do a goddamn thing. Yeah, exactly. Just to be the, be the runner on second guy, <laughs> Ghost um, Man. Yeah, yeah. Point oh eight three batting average, uh, two for twenty four. I already said that. Uh, two forty one OBP. A point oh eight three slugging. <laughs> a negative five OPS plus. Like you know, it seems like he needs a little bit more seasoning. But you know, you got a team that you're just letting the kids play right now, and you know, yeah. sometimes they're going to play like kids and. Um, uh, so Brian Reynolds is there now, and Kai Tom. Who the heck is that? Yeah, he's a he's an elderly Rule Five guy. Um, 
<laughs> he's no, he's he's twenty seven. He's, he's twenty seven, elderly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's twenty years younger than me. Fucking elderly man. Yeah, you know he's he's another four A guy. The thing is, you know, if, if 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 you look down the line, the Bucks do actually have decent like people at Double A. They just and, and this was the problem at the beginning of the season. They could have been merely bad if no one got hurt, but there's absolutely, literally no depth. I mean, when you look at the guys they're calling now, and, and you know, Tom is really weird because they claimed him off of waivers uh, off of Oakland as a Rule 5 guy, but they had just let Brian Goodwin go. I mean, who's no ballifier, but you'd certainly rather see him in center field than, you know, than a Rule 5 guy. Right. And now, right. how about uh, the, the corpse of uh, Mr. Uh, Todd Frazier that's been out there? I, I I tell you, I gotta admit, I like the pickup. He's that veteran presence the Bucks always love to have. Uh, but he's he's been a bucket of nothing. He's hitting o forty three. So I, and you know, it's funny. You look at some of these numbers. I, I'm probably kidding myself, but man, I think I could hit o forty three. Yeah, know. probably. I mean, I, <laughs> look. At some point, he had to face Hendricks. Mills, uh, uh, Davies, none of these guys are throwing more than 88. I mean, yeah, yeah you could probably hit 043 just seeing those guys. Well, and I, I'll give some of the comparative stats real quick. Uh, the, you have the third worst OPS in the major leagues yeah. overall. Uh, the Cubs at now, after a historically horrid start, have the 10th <laughs> best OPS in the major leagues, which isn't saying much because nobody's hitting. Um, the, the Pirates do not hit home runs. They have the second fewest homers in the league. Cubs have the third most now. Um, the Cubs have the fourth, fourth most uh, walks in the majors as well. Uh, the, and the, but the sixth most strikeouts to go with it. Uh, the Cubs have the second most stolen bases. The Pirates are in the bottom half, so which is a weird thing because we haven't seen that for years. That you know, but they've got guys out there stealing bases. Matt Duffy's out there stealing bases. Uh, Jake Marisnik, Javi Baez, uh, right. Nico Horner. Um, did I yeah, think because, even Anthony Rizzo stole a base? <laughs> right, because all of a sudden a they couldn't they couldn't score. They're like, yeah. we have to get somebody moving to try to score. Well, and that's kind of my point is that, you know, for the last few years, stolen bases have been the hallmark of bad teams. That, like, we've noticed that as we've gone through the stats. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, the Kansas City Royals are going to lose 112 games. And they're going to steal 112 bases. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> congratulations, losers. But, like, this year I'm worried because the Cubs are stealing a lot of bases. And I'm like, oh, does that mean we're bad? But, no, it doesn't because the Pirates are actually not stealing bases at all. They're, yeah. you're, you know, they well, don't really do it. I, I think part of the reason for that, though, is that, like, the guys with speed – Either haven't hit, you know, Alf, Alfred's blazingly fast, but he never got on base. Yeah, to get a base. You know, yeah, Hayes can steal some bases. Uh, Colin Moran stole one the other day, which was funny because he's a little faster than me, um, <laughs> but but not much. But you know, I think you know a big part of it is the sabermetric guys just realize stealing bases. Like unless you're close to eighty percent, I think was the last number I heard. It's not worth it. Yeah, and no one, no one's at eighty percent. Yeah, yeah. Even Ricky Henderson, I don't think was at eighty percent. He might have been actually. Um, yeah, he Nick, been, yeah. Nick, Nick G writes in: If they need depth, 
they could see what John Jason was up to. I I believe he's following wh- whatever Fish is doing right now. I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he's playing hacky sack in a in a parking lot selling um, glass bubblers. So um, yeah. John Jaso. Um I used to have his hair for a little while, so I, I, I can only you know. Yeah, yeah. That, those were the days. I I I knew you then. So um, you're pitching. Uh, or you've got you wrote something down here lights in the darkness so this is <laughs> this is the hope you have for the team Richard Rodriguez who I believe was at one time the Green River Killer and now yeah. pitches yeah. for the Pirates <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're not sure graduated from rapist to murderer so yeah <laughs> we're not sure which one he was but he was definitely killing people yeah um, but he's good, huh? He's pitched a reliever's perfect game. What does that mean? Well, he, in his last eight games, he retired 27 batters in a row. No walks, oh. no hit by pitch, nothing. I mean, he's, it's weird. The one thing the Pirates are, seem to be closer whisperers, that they take these, you know, decent relievers. I, you know, Mark Melanson has us to thank for I don't know how much money. Because he was oh, a solid yeah. reliever when he came in, but he, he you know he wasn't closing games, um, you know. At, well, Vasquez, but that's 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 a whole yeah. Other that's, we're story. not going to talk about that. <laughs> Speaking of murderers, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, same thing with Rodriguez, and uh, you know the reliever's perfect game isn't quite the same because you don't have that stress coming up on you as you're you know as you're coming into the seventh, eighth, and and ninth innings. But I mean, it's 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 still impressive. His whip is like. Point one two something like that for the whole season. Um, I mean, he's he's not that good. He is a solid closer, but he's he really has had a monster year. And then you also like Tyler Anderson and JT Brubaker. Would you like them uh, the last time you were on the show too? You're like you're like if we win one, it's going to be Tyler Anderson's start. And like I was like who? And then there well, he was, and he beat us. He put up decent numbers in Colorado. Like, he had a sub-5 ERA in Colorado for three, four years. It's hard to do. It, it is It is hard to do. Um, and, I, you know, it's funny, but this this is like the most Pirates game ever. He he had a no-hitter into the seventh against the Padres and lost. Because uh, Padres scored two, and can't do anything about that uh, when your team is not scoring anything at all. No, we know all about that. <laughs> we had an entire road trip like that once. Um, and then uh, you also like Adam Frazier, Brian Reynolds, and Colin Moran. Uh, Colin Moran, uh, he really does seem like he should uh, he, that he owns like a hipster barbershop somewhere. <laughs> he just he looks like that guy. He's got that kind of slick back hair that maybe he like bartends at like one of those like speakeasy type nineteen twenties things. Yeah, where, he makes like, craft beer. Yeah, he makes craft beer. Like, <laughs> and, and he's 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 into artisanal gin. You know, like that's what he seems like. But I tell you, I, and he is the 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 uh, he was on the Bucks uh, uh, Twitter feed for like a week because they got one picture of him smiling. Uh, he is like the most stoic cat like ever. But I tell you, I undersold him. I you know they moved him over to first base this year because he was just a statue at third, um, and I just didn't think he had the bat for it. And I mean, you know, he's not Pujols in his prime, but he's 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 holding his own. Um, he's, he's having a decent season. Uh, and Stallings is too. I was not a Stallings fan for years. You know, he was, he was always one of these defense first catchers that like you love to have as your backup. Yeah. Um, but he's hitting, you know, he's hitting too. Um, 
Yeah, I wonder what the direction is because you uh, there's obviously some talent on the team, and you say Double A is kind of where it's at right now. Yeah. But I I wonder at what point they start to because they never really add people; they d- develop them, but they, they never. Right. You're never in the running for the big name. It's it, right, and right. and that seems unfortunate. Not that a lot of people would want to just go to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's an awesome city. You know, you're not going to get, you know, the bright lights, big city of New York or L.A. in those contracts or like the extra money you can make through endorsement deals and things like that in those kind of more um, entertainment meccas. But, you know, I feel like there's that if you are the kind of person that would (laughs) I don't know, that would love to just like own Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. you could could be like, do you think that Pittsburgh's ever going to like add that like add that big free agent like chris bryan's gonna be a free agent uh, right and, no and now the, the yeah the, you, you just don't see it and that's what's sad to me it's like you've got some teams like the pirates that end up by default being the farm team for the rest of the major leagues yeah i mean you, you get these circumstances where you know i think the the, the 20 years of, of of shit losing was kind of an anomaly but i mean i think the idea is the, the absolute best we can hope for is these like three or four year periods you had in the early nineties you had, you know, in the, in the mid teens where you're not bringing in the huge name free agents, but you're bringing in kind of the above average guys to fill holes. Um, I, you know, and, and, and they've been talking about there's like people have been dreaming about Mark Cuban buying the team for decades um, he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, he is, and it would is. be good for. Uh, it would definitely be good for the league, I think, if he did. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think with current ownership, you know, you're not going to see salary for the whole team going much past a hundred million, no matter what. Because I mean, you look at what happened right after they had that three year streak in '15, and they had the chance to kind of re-sign the guys and continue. And you could have done. You wouldn't have needed you know, 180 million to keep that core together and just sign another couple. And they didn't do it. And they just let the whole team kind of fall apart. And And then they're kind of waiting for that next two, three year run. And people think of Pittsburgh as a place where like, there's no money and stuff. That's not true. Like there is all tons of biotech and all the, you know, and it's a, a rabid fan base, you know, that when they're good, they will show up and they will pay a shit ton of money to go to the games. It's like, it's an East coast city. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's rich. It is a rich city. Mm-hmm. And so don't get it twisted. Like it's just some like backwater, you know, if you've never yeah. been um, and hung out in Pittsburgh, cause it's just not that way. So, and you were high on the, on the pitching. I mean, not the starting pitching because you don't really have a uh, rotation t- no. too much to speak no. of, but, um, but overall the pirates team ERA is lower than the Cubs by uh, 0. 0.40, uh, points so 0.4 and uh the relievers got you got the cubs by uh 23 points yeah. uh, uh well fractions of, of of a run and then uh but and the cubs they're giving up tons of home runs and that's probably why they get third most home runs the cubs are giving up yeah. pirates are just average in giving up homers um the cubs have given up the most walks which we've been talking about forever like years yeah. forever the pirates are average and but the cubs have the seventh most strikeouts the pirates have the eighth fewest they don't really have any swing and miss bats e- or uh, arms either but i mean 
I think if the Pirates, and this is how they've beaten the Cubs, if they have the lead, they know how to protect it. They've got the arms to get in there yeah. and shut, shut down the game. I, I tell you, and, and this is something we talked about before the season, it, they have cobbled together a solid bullpen. Um, and the rotation's been better than I thought it would be. Um, you know, I think that's the danger. If it's not Anderson or Brubaker pitching, you know, good luck getting to the sixth. Um, but if, yeah, I think you're right. I think if they can get to the sixth with a lead, they're, they're, yeah, there's a good chance to hold on to it. And I think that that's what we've seen so far. Um, I'm putting up the bullpen here, and um, it's it's not bad. And you've got uh, an ex Cub on it. Uh, Dwayne Underwood Wood Jr. I know everybody's dying to hear how you like him because he was great against the freaking Cubs. Uh, no, he's I, he's he's been kind of one of the workhorses uh, out of the bullpen. You know, he's a he's a middle innings kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's pitched twelve games so far, sixteen innings. Um, you know, yeah. whips whips over one. You know, he's he's not your setup guy. Um, you know, he's been a sixth, seventh inning kind of guy, and he's he's been holding his own. You yeah, know, but, he scored, or he got two of the outs in the final inning of the World Series. You know? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, wait, no, that was <laughs> <laughs> Carl Edwards Jr. Carl Edwards Jr. <laughs> God damn it. That, that's the hamburger guy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Some, sometimes, yeah. sometimes I've had a few too many drinks, and yeah. I start. And the, the name on here that I just saw his numbers and they stuck out to me was David Bednar, who mm-hmm. I'd never heard of. 11.2 innings pitch. He's got a .94 whip. Uh, he's got 12 strikeouts in those 11.2 innings with, uh, to three walks and uh, 231 earned run average. Uh, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, he's a, he's a swing guy. He came over from the Padres. Um, and there's a chance he may, they may be looking at him for the rotation uh, eventually. Uh, good arm. His, 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 you know, he's, he's got one of those sliders that just literally falls right off the table. I still working a little bit with control, but he, he's act, he's looked good this year. Yeah. And of course your closer, uh, Richard Rodriguez has not given up a run. Yeah. Yeah. Point- I, one hit, one hit one, all year. Yeah. One hit a point one six whip. So if you've got, I, I mean, you know, we can't say that about uh, our dude who's making a hell of a lot more money than Richard Rodriguez. <laughs> so he probably could buy Richard Rodriguez's entire freaking uh, life right now. <laughs> you, you know, it's like, I'll take everything you have, your house, your kids, you know. Your wife. Your wife, you know, uh, your cars. But, um, you know, it, th- that's the thing I'm scared of. So I think if the Cubs can attack the starters, yeah, y- you can uh, maybe win the game. But if I think once the Pirates have the lead – you know, we're kind of screwed from, from there on in. So can we get – oh, I, I forgot to give the defensive stats. Um, the the Pirates have the fourth most errors, yeah. and I kind of yeah. want to point that out. The Cubs, if the Cubs can put the ball in play at all and get the ball, like, being thrown around and stuff, <laughs> it might be good for them. Yeah. Uh, and Well, but, that, that helped us out against L.A. Yeah, L.A. had some really fucked up bad plays in the field. Yeah, put it you know, put it in play, let them let them toss it around, let them fuck up, put the pressure on. And um so it, I just kind of want to put point that out as a hallmark of kind of where you guys are at um as a young team as well. Uh so let's get into the games here. Uh old our old Cubs friend Trevor Cahill, the truck driving man. Um he did uh not face the Cubs yet this year. But I mean, it's been pretty more missed than hit with Cahill this year, he's given up seven runs twice, gave up five runs once against St. Louis. 
and then was good twice where he yeah. beat San Diego and Minnesota. I mean, what's your take on Cahill? Just kind of a, a veteran dude that just still has a job? <laughs> Someone had to eat the innings. You know, I, I was never that hot on this signing at this point. But the thing is, you know, I, Cahill, and you guys are responsible for part of this. I, I was kind of prepping for today. Cahill's made almost $50 million in his career. Wow. Like, that's insane. Yeah. You know, and he's a, he's a jabroni. He's all right. But, I mean, I, he's not – he was never that. He was never fifty million dollars good. Well, it's it's because he also drives the the truck from <laughs> from spring training. You know the one with all the gear. He drives right. it back yeah. and forth from Pittsburgh. It back and forth. Yeah. Oh, so he's in the job. union. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He gets paid by the hour, and yeah. So uh, and then here's the Cubs numbers versus Cahill. They really haven't seen him much, but Hayward right. hit a dong off of him. And is five for twelve, so he likes seeing Cahill. Um, uh, Rizzo doesn't; only two for two for ten. But he does have a home run. One of those is a home run, and then really nobody else has seen him too much or done anything off of him. So um, this will be new and different for the Cubs to see him um, as against them. Uh, only really Hayward has any experience, and then yeah. Danny, we always had this issue with the Cubs seeing somebody for the first time or not seeing them very much, and we were always dreaded that. Do yeah. you have that feeling with this game coming in? No, I don't because it's enough. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's Cahill. Yeah, it's, K, it's Trevor Cahill. Like everybody knows what Trevor Cahill does. I'm taking the over. Yeah, exactly. Take the over on this one because uh, – Exactly. Dodge Davies is going in there, and he has faced oh, Pittsburgh. Jesus. Uh, twice already, and one time was one of the worst starts of his career when he gave up seven runs in 1.2 innings. But the other time, he pitched pretty well. And, this graphic uh, looks worse than Cahill's. Yeah, uh, it, it it really does because it got worse for Davies, who, I mean, even though he only gave up two runs to Cincinnati, he only lasted four innings the last time. So he's not giving you any length this year. The opening, his first start against Pittsburgh, which is probably his best start, he, I managed to go 5.2, and I was like, oh, maybe we got something here. And then it was garbage from then on in. Yeah. But he went from a 318 ERA to an 11.5, and now he's got it to, down to 8.22. So yeah, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's, he's definitely not – good <laughs> that's a problem <laughs> that, that's what's wrong with it yeah it's, like, the thing about Davies is he's not good at pitching so right right exactly um, uh but he's he always managed to do well against the Cubs and uh Adam Frazier uh does very well against Zach Davies seen him a lot probably uh from his years with the uh, Reds I want to say yeah 27 yeah. plate appearances batting 346 but Colin Moran has two home runs off of him, um, 333 average, uh, 19 plate appearances. Uh, and Todd Frazier also has two home runs and is batting 300 off of him from his days with the Reds. So, uh, yeah, it's not looking good for Zach Davies giving up. Uh, they've seen him quite a bit, and I feel like the word's out on him. Hey, everybody, if you're enjoying the Sunranto show, why don't you become a Patreon patron at patreon.com slash sunranto. It's only a dollar a month, and you get this show delivered right to your inbox, along with other perks for as little as $1 a month. Patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto. 
it's way better than the ads that you've been listening to on this podcast. Because guess what? There are no ads on the patreon.com slash sunranto thread and uh, your own RSS feed. So please go do it. It's only a buck. It's how we keep the lights on. Join the 104 other people who have decided to support us. Uh, We love them. We don't love you as much because you don't support us. So go do it. Three bucks a month. It's all you need to do to buy us each a beer a year. That's all you got to do. Three bucks a month. Pay all at once. Get it done with. You don't have to worry about it again. Five bucks, you get all the music. Ten bucks, you get a calendar and your name at the end credits. Just do it. And back to the show. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Um, then in game two on Saturday, uh, Will Crow, who the mm. Cubs have never seen, but born September 9th, 1994 in Kingston, Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> so uh, tell me about uh, Will. He's, he's, this is his like first game ever. No, not really, but he's uh, pretty close to it. Close. Close. Uh, he came over from Washington in the Josh Bell trade. Um, a little old for a rookie, but you know, the, the thing I like about him is his poise. He's, his control is very good. His stuff is all right. I mean, his fastball tops out like 94, 95. Uh, but for a rookie, it goes where he wants it to. Um, so, you know, he's he's never going to be a number one, but, you know, he can be a solid back-end starter. And speaking of solid back-end starters, Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, you know, again. Well, what do you guys think of him? Well, he's had two bad starts, and the rest of it's been uh, pretty much solid back end starter. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I always he, liked him. You know, he pitches better in Wrigley than he pitches anywhere else. Yeah, I, I guess so. Because in Pittsburgh, where this game is not, uh, right. he you know facing his old team the last time he gave up five runs that only lasted three point one yeah. ten and hits like. It's almost like they knew what he was going to throw. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they, like they didn't see him for three years. But uh, and then last time against Cincinnati, he was bad again. So that was just a few days ago, and that was a real bar he had an okay again. game in Atlanta. But yeah, it struck out. Other, yeah, yeah, but his other games, the the ones at Wrigley, you know, they're not long. But uh, you know, he's only given up two runs per game there. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, there's something there, but it's not the I, most, you know, exciting. There is. He's so inconsistent. He was really frustrating because there will be games where you'll watch him and go, I, this guy's an ace. Like, I mean, when, when he is really on, he really is that good. But when he's not, he's he can, he can suck. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, we were sad that uh, the only reason – we weren't even sad that the Cubs, because uh, we thought the Cubs were punting the season anyway. So we right. weren't even sad that the Cubs signed him. We were sad that we didn't get to face him anymore. <laughs> we're right. like, dude, that's going to drop 20 points off everybody's batting average. There's 19 times a year we face the Pirates, at least five times with Williams. So uh, here are the numbers uh, that the Cubs um, have again. Wait, no, that's the wrong number. Oh, no. That's actually. Us. Yeah, that's you guys. Oh, yeah. The, this is the Defoe Pirates. Defoe has seven at-bats against him? Pirates. Yeah, because he was with the Mets. Oh, right. So uh, th- this is the Pirates versus Williams. Uh, t- yeah, Defoe's the most. Uh, two hits. Uh, and nobody's done really much off him. Nobody's seen him much. Right. Um, so, But Brian Reynolds in that one game and Kevin Newman 
and uh, Philip Evans, they all did something off of him uh, in the game that they beat him up in Pittsburgh. So, And then game three, Tyler Anderson, uh, who lost to the Cubs twice already, yet only gave up three earned runs uh, in, in both of his starts and went five innings. He looked good against the Cubs. Yeah, he struck he out seven in five innings in the one game, and, and that was um, – it, uh, April 3rd, that's like the third game of the season, I want to say. So, um, yeah, I mean, what do you think of uh, Tyler Anderson? He's like one, one of your only good guys. He hasn't given up more than three runs in a start. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, I liked the signing. I didn't, I didn't think he'd be this good. I mean, he has just been solid. You know, they've always been lacking left-handers, too. So it's, 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 it's nice to have it's nice to have that in the mix. Um. I, yeah, what's not what's you know what's not to yeah, like? I you're mean, like he's our only good pitcher. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and uh, here's what the Cubs have done against him. Um, we, well, Chris Bryant's numbers are ridiculous: three home runs in 14 at bats, batting 4.29 for an OPS of 1.610. Uh, that's ridiculous. Rizzo that's six for 15 with the dong. Um, and I know the Cubs do well against him, uh, batting 330 overall in 102 plate appearances with a 909 OPS. So, but a lot of that was in Colorado, too, probably. Probably, yeah, yeah, so it's a little inflated. And then going up against Kyle Hendricks, who was not looking like Kyle Hendricks for a while there, giving up seven runs in two of his starts. But then last time he went seven innings against the tough Dodgers team and only gave up one run, struck out six. So, um, they managed to get seven hits off them, but still, look, uh, Kyle's back ish, and um, here's the Pirates have seen him a ton, and they love it. They love it. Polanco's not there, but he loves it. Adam Frazier loves it, batting four seventy eight with two dogs. Colin Moran, he's not about it so much, but Jacob Stallings loves it. He's five for sixteen. Todd Frazier hits it. Kevin Newman hits it. Key Brian Hayes, who's not there, hits it. So um, anyway. It, I, I'm I'm a little nervous about the, what the Pirates. It seems like the Hendo matches badly against the Pirates is what it feels like. It wouldn't surprise me to take two out of three, and that's just I, because of the because of the matchups. Um, I, game one, I think I think we lose in a slugfest. I wouldn't be surprised to see us win game two and three. Yeah, well, you said Anderson took a no hitter into the seventh in his last start, and then lost the game. And then lost so, the game, right? Yeah. So I mean, you got you have to take that into account. And th- that might be a game to take the under. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Sunday. That's Mother's Day. Um, and so Happy Mother's Day. That's the next time we'll be back on here. But uh, it's supposed to be a little cold to that day uh, in the fifties, possibly rain. So I could see a real. Uh, you know, kind of one to nothing, two to one, scratch it out. You know, Go team, home. <laughs> team, team, team that that's best at bunting wins. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So there's your preview. Uh, exciting stuff. I mean, I, I mean, the Cubs have to figure out how to beat the Pirates. If you can't beat the Pirates, you just don't have any business in. Uh, it, well, you don't have any business winning the division. That's for fucking sure. Well, so, I, I don't think you guys need to worry about that. So it's okay. So, uh, shall we cut you loose? I know it's it's late there on the East Coast. We can cut you loose, and uh, and I will definitely. I promise, I will play. Dave Matthews pooped on your Excellent. sister, Excellent. And, and and you got to tell the story real quick for anybody that's uh, that's going now. 
uh, Jaded Babies. That's uh, you, what you're plugging right now. The new yeah. band. Yeah, Jaded that's Babies. the band yeah. featuring two guys you've played with. So. Yep, absolutely. Uh, many times, and um, so is is uh, Dave Matthews pooped on my sister a jaded baby song? Or are you guys it, still doing that one? Oh yeah, it, it is. We're still doing it. We're doing it as a full band power ballad now, and we actually recorded it. <laughs> We've got an album we're working on. Uh, we did like Scorpion style, kind of like a Still Loving You kind of thing. So. Uh huh. Oh sweet man, I can't yeah. wait to hear. It. Uh, see this? Is how me and Brian know each other? He's an awesome guitar player. Our bands. We played together for years and years and years. And we, we have to have you come out and open up for the Bleacher Bone. Oh, I'd love to. So love we, to. Yeah, I haven't talked to you about this, but we have a show this Saturday, which is a okay. plug, plug. But we have a show this Saturday, and uh, there's still, I think, a couple tickets left. But we're going to be playing every single month at G-Man Tavern, and I think I could get you in. So nice. uh, we got to figure out a time. I know a guy. I know, I know a guy. guy, and it's and the person is me. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually drop the ticket link in the chat here. I'm dropping a link <laughs> uh, to eTix. There's a, a few uh, tickets left. I know of socially distanced tables, and we're still seeing what the law will be coming up. But later in the year, Brian, we got to have the band out, the Absolutely. whole crew. Get, you can sleep on my floor. It'll be just like old times. <laughs> so, <laughs> So thanks for coming on, and uh, of course you have to say um, "Go Pirates" backwards in order to leave this show. Uh, Ogsy rap. There it is. There it is. See ya later. Dave Matthews pooped on my. Good seat. luck when you're not playing us, man. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh man, I, one of my favorite people on the on the planet. Um, J- uh, John writes in. Thanks, Brian Z. Uh, you know him and I. We actually went to the Baseball Hall of Fame together. Oh. Yeah, cool. we, we made that trip. I have never been. Yeah, well, me and Brian did. <laughs> we went. That would that would be great. Yeah. So um, as I as I said, Bleacher Bum Band Saturday. There's still a few tickets left. Come on out. Uh, we're trying to see if we can it, it, look at my social media on Saturday. They're going to see if they can do general admission. They're figuring it out in the city. So check it out if you want to just be a single and come come through. Just uh, come through and maybe hey, there might be a seat at the table. That I didn't tell you about. You know what I mean? That you right. can maybe come in and, and just, you know, hang out a little bit. So we'll be going right after the game. Uh, I think I'm going to, I am I think I'm going to try and hit the June, June stop on the tour. Oh yeah. It's going to be a party, man. My cousin's in town. My sister's here. Oh, it's going to be nuts. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which means you're going to have to get your own Airbnb because you can't stay with me. I got everybody else in here already, but <laughs> you know what, man, I honestly, bring my wife up, get a hotel, just get the fuck away from my house and just, you know, do something that's not be in my own house would just be wonderful. So as, as nice as it is to be able to stay at your place, um, I wouldn't yeah. mind to upgrade <laughs> for the first time in a year. You mean you don't like staying on my twin bed futon? <laughs> you don't enjoy the springy comfort of, of the smoked-in mattress? That, that, that you just, How come all our stuff smells like poop after we leave Daddy's house? Um, <laughs> hey, uh, real quick here. I have, a, I have a quick little announcement that I just saw on Twitter that just went out, so I just thought I'd throw it up here because it happens to uh, coincide with this podcast pretty well uh sugar shake at curly fro on twitter says all right i'm ready coming this summer a beer collab by major league 
me, meaning Sugar Shake, and Haymarket Beer benefiting uh, Levante and the Lost Boys. Get ready for summer of 54, y'all. Dr. Gemstone is a mad genius. I don't know who all those people are, but I do know Haymarket Beer, and they're putting out a beer called Summer of 54, benefiting the Lost Boys. And if you're wondering, Summer of 54 was the first summer Chicago had Ernie Banks and Minnie Minoso playing. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, yes. I saw that. Keep an eye out for that. I'm excited. I, I wish I drank beer. Yeah, I mean, I'll drink that beer. I'll try it and stuff, and and, and I'm sure it'll be great because everything Haymarket does is great. And I, I do like the taste of beer, just it doesn't agree with my stomach. Like peanuts. Kills you I now, love right? peanuts. Like everybody's like, hey, you want some peanuts in the game? I'm like, I would love to have some peanuts, but I'll be shitting my brains out for the next 83 <laughs> years if I eat like three or even three peanuts. So um, do any more announcements? Oh, yeah, you got a new rabbit hole. What's this last one about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Last Monday, a new rabbit hole dropped. It was uh, about poets, poetry, baseball poetry. Go through uh, a few baseball poems and uh, just talked about that a little bit because some of you may realize I am writing a poem, a game. I am writing 162 poems this year based on every Cubs game. Um, I'm up to, I think we're at 31. I've actually written 32 poems because just one day it was an off day and I just happened to write a poem about uh, game seven. You now, know, this, do, you think, do you think that counts as the express written accounts of this game, uh, retransmission or whatever, the authority of Major League Baseball, blah, blah, blah? Is that, I mean, because that is an account. Is, is the poetry, do you think they're going to like give you a copyright kind of strike? I don't think so. I, yeah, you know, it. Yeah, I mean, it's about poems. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, any poem you can fit in a tweet. I don't think counts. Uh, thank you, Dominic Galoro. He says uh, it was a good rabbit hole. He shed a tear. Yeah. So, yeah, it, probably from the Vince Scully thing. Oh, my God. Vin, Vince Scully wrote uh, a wonderful poem. It's at the end of the show. Check that out. Um, I And I'm actually going to drop... Uh, sort of a special episode this next week. I normally do them every two weeks. I'm going to drop a, a real quick one with the original Casey at the Bat that they did from back in the 19-teens. Oh, the one with all the swears? Awesome. And the, <laughs> and, and the awkward cancelable language? I can't wait. It's going to yep. be right. And then uh, also uh, the Vince Scully thing, too. I'm going to I'm gonna record that out in a, in a podcast phone form and just drop that for everybody so they can hear what it sounds like when it's not me reading it it's what the what made it actually famous oh cool all right well uh you're ready to pinch you off this episode uh with some tfcs we got no crawly tfcs today because uh he's sleeping hopefully <laughs> hopefully he got to right. sleep um, I'll start and I'm, I'm going to start, uh, with, I know a lot of people out there and, uh, I, I included believe Len Casper to currently be a traitor to the Chicago Cubs and their organization. And this makes me just hate him so much more. Len Casper tweets out, always really liked this song. And it's one that is never a bad spin on the shuffle playlist. And it's fucking all I need is a miracle by Mike and the mechanics, which is I've hated that song since I was 10. <laughs> I'm like, 
All I need is a miracle. All I need is you. Like, who jams out to that? That is not a good song. Like, I don't care who you are. It's a shit song. And if you like it, well, then just take your penny lovers and get the fuck out of here with your stupid bullshit song. Do you like that song? Sorry. Oh, no. I uh, 100% agree with you. That's one of those songs that we had to grow up with, right? This was the, the fucking 80s top 40 fucking bullshit. Like, we're rock and roll, but it really is. It's just, it's yeah. like pop yeah, garbage that now seems to be kind of get. It, it's one of those songs that gets played on classic rock. And I say, you know, Old doesn't mean classic. Yeah. Well, do you know what what became popular is yacht rock. So oh, you know, so yes. and it's all people. Trying <laughs> Artie to- Boucher. Yeah. I jammed to that song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and but it's true. It's like now, but it's like a reminiscing for like the lamest part of the eighties. And I'm like, dude, I'd have lived through this shit. Like I had to sit in the car and be like, "Oh God, Phil Collins," you know, against all odds. And I'm like, "God, shut up!" Like, like, get, put me, put rock me on my day aside for Christ's sake. What, yeah. what am I listening to? Oh, like, let, let me hear some fucking bad, quiet riot rather yeah. than this. Oh, bullshit. come on, feel the noise, like you freaking Mike and the mechanics. <laughs> you fucking kidding me, Len? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, have fun on the South Side. That's all I got to say about that. That was a long TFC, but I'm just, I had to point out, I had to point out how much that song sucks. All right. Um, go ahead. Okay. So I have one. What, what's awesome about this is that, uh, I'm like four beers in and I don't remember what this like, TFC is. I'm looking at. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, bleacher creatures. This is from outside of the Cubs universe. Uh, this is from, the bleacher creatures are the Yankees bleacher fans. Yeah. Busting out a new one and timely one for Jose Altuve here in the first. Fuck your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was his birthday. Well, I heard that there was a little bit of uh, consternation from the Astros saying to Major League Baseball, it's like, hey, you got to protect us a little bit more. But I'm like, well, don't fucking cheat. Then we don't yeah, have to don't, do that for you. Yeah. Don't cheat. Uh, yeah. The Yankees have been waiting. And waiting, and they got their fucking chance finally. Fuck those guys. They gave him the business for, you know, three straight days. But I just love the idea that the crowd was chanting, fuck your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, By the way, Artie Boucher said in the the, uh, chat that Phil Collins is one of his favorites. Remind me never to take a road trip with Artie (laughs) Boucher Boucher when he's in control of the radio because I think I might jump out the the freaking door. Um, I liked this one made me laugh. Um, It's kind of a visual one. Sorry, podcast listeners. But there's the 86 Steve Trout baseball card, which he's wearing kind of the warm out up jacket. And he's towards the end of his career. And he's got kind of like a long shaggy sort of haircut as he, as he pitches with his left hand. And, um, in 1986, uh, I, I believe, and it's cut off here, but it was super 70 sports said that, uh, Steve Trout won 13 games in 1984, despite being a 45 year old lesbian. Which, oh my if, God. If, it, if you, you are... look at the picture, it's like dead <laughs> on. It is just dead on. Like, Chris, that that's Chris Everett thrown out a first pitch. Yeah, it's Chris, it's basically God. Chris Everett Lloyd. Yeah, if you know who that is. So I, I enjoyed that one. You got another one? Um, yeah, I've got one more here because I I actually 
all honesty, I had a few uh, that I kind of, I got it out of my system earlier bitching about Boog. I had, <laughs> I had just like four of them. Just yeah, you're like, here's the, let me rag on Boog for like nine years. Yeah, exactly. So I went to this one uh, mid-show. I remembered it, and I had to go out there and get it while you were talking to Brian. Uh, but this is just – this is off of Reddit, and this is such a wonderful little thing. I had to share it. Um, this, this is in uh, the Reddit sub for baseball. Uh, beginner here, I might have made a mistake. Hey, so I've been messing around with different mixes. So far, I've got a cranberry and a rhubarb mix. It's, you know, brewing and fermenting nicely. I got a nice eucalyptus clove, all this stuff. So this dude's going through all of these mixes and different things that he's doing. Yeah, and potassium then metabisulfate in it. Does that mean there is no point putting in the yeast? <laughs> yeah. Is, does that mean? Yeah, he says. Does that mean there's no point in putting this? So, uh, Stumpy Nuts responds to him, and he's like, uh, "Hey, this sub is for the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team." <laughs> this guy thought he was in a Brewers, like a beer Brewers thing. He says, "This sub is for Milwaukee Brewers baseball team," but he goes on. Nonetheless, we also love beer. The potassium metabisulfate will likely impede yeast fermentation, although this is completely based on concentration. Because you've already prepared the solution, sugar, water, and jiff, you might as well try adding yeast and see what results you get. And I just love the idea that he accidentally posted on the Milwaukee Brewers sub, and the guy answered his question for him anyway. It was beautiful. By the way, that that man, uh, Dan Vogelbach, actually, it was that was Dan Vogelbach <laughs> that this subreddit. <laughs> so, um, I, I enjoyed this uh, good friend at Crusette. If you don't follow at Crusette with two T's, uh, Stan, uh, you should because he's a great baseball mind. And uh, he tweets out the gulf between Pat Hughes and Zach Zaidman is bigger than the Pacific Ocean. Please don't ever give that man the mic. Pay Pat more. Oh my so God. They, so apparently it's it's only the fact that uh, they're not paying him for the fifth inning that he's not doing it. Uh, yeah, they uh, are paying him for the fifth inning. He's you know he just, just got the dump, fifth man. inning off so he can go take a dump. Yeah, uh, I have this one. Uh, Taylor McGregor uh, tweeted out hashtag Cubs Horner on win definitely significant for the morale of this team. CC Dom Frederick, the director of morale. And keep your droplets, says. Keep tagging idiots and you'll end up reporting from Tampa Bay. <laughs> Reporters are not supposed to be cheerleaders, no matter what you've been told. Hashtag come together. Hashtag Cubs. Oh it's like, God. who rags on the main reporter from the team and then hashtags come together? It's like, dude, you that's the opposite of coming together. Yeah. That is the oh. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. You rag me, on the director of morale because you hate him. You rag on Taylor McGregor because you hate her. And then you're like, but everybody together, my together with me, whoever you are. Um, I have yeah, more. Uh, there, hold on. There's a couple of things here I got. I I have to address. John Pincus, you said boog finally. <laughs> oh, no. Never again. Uh, Molly, 
vote says cotton is calling a boog now i'm not i i'm embarrassed uh i yeah, well four beers in you start apparently i I'm, I'm drinking too much i yeah, said see, the words i i stopped in the middle because i wanted to not boog too much oh my god he's ugh, i hate the i hate the name I hate all of it so, so uh do you have another one i don't Okay. Like I uh, said, I had I had like okay. four more, but they were all they were all. <laughs> I hate John Shambi. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, there was a little. I had a little fireworks uh, on Sunday morning, and and uh, all of a sudden, my Cubs miscaroling 2020 video, which you're a part of, Michael, singing along. We we got copyrighted content from Barstool, and I'm like, what could possibly oh, yes. be in the Christmas Carol show from Barstool? And it's the song No Fighting in the Bleachers. So I look up on Barstool's thing. And, of course, they had run this video that I took. That that, that picture of uh, the, the No Fighting in the Bleachers guy, whose name is Sean. He uh, He's up there. And uh, they used the video. Never asked me permission. Lots of other outlets asked me, hey, can we use this video? And I was like, fuck yeah, I don't care. And Barstool never did. They just put it up there and then claimed the copyright on it, which apparently is just a bot that goes through. So Sunday morning, I, you know, I, in the middle of the night, it's like 4 a.m. And I'm just like, like, fuck Barstool, you fucking ass. I fucking hate all you shit fucks. As and you I, should, because outside of claiming copyright for your work, they are assholes. Fuck them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and I think they're trying to turn over a new leaf. They're like, we give to charity now. We were assholes before. Now we do charity and blah, blah, but whatever. They're trying to figure it out. But like, and if they would, I would support that. Whatever. If you want to like, you know, turn over a new leaf, but you're not doing yourself too many favors by claiming copyright shit, uh, on my stuff. So anyway, freaking a barstool big cat gets in on he slides into my dm says all the shit that i was going to share with you but i'll keep that private but anyway he's just like i'm really sorry blah blah blah, your beer blah 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 i was like well you know if you didn't steal it in the first place the freaking trolls wouldn't be going through youtube looking for it you know what i mean he's like i understand why you're pissed i'm like yeah dude i've got a song about it like this is my footage not yours and and it's going to come up again again so i freak out at barstool and uh anyway it, it came through they he fixed it Barstool, Sunday morning, I bitched. And the moral of the story is, uh, it, so I get this copyright claim was released on Cubs and Miss Caroling 2020. Although there's many, many other copyright infringements in that, in that program. <laughs> that <we're> gonna, <laughs> many, many, many. Like all those songs are the, not in public domain, but, um, the, uh, <laughs> they are, they're, they're just not, <laughs> but whatever. But at least Bob, like, right, but this one, like, this one's yours. God damn it. Like if the estate of Johnny Marks, who wrote Rudolph, the red nose reindeer wants to come through and cut co- and be like, Hey, that's my song. I'd be like, go ahead. Estate of Johnny Marks. You got it. But Barstool, no. So uh, anyway, they released the copyright on it. So the moral of the story is if you're pissed off, bitch and moan and scream and yell, and maybe your problem will be solved. I don't know that's what the what you're supposed to be teaching the children. That's what Danny. I'm telling the kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm telling the kids. This is, this is why ham and burger never worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, kids. <laughs> So if your uncles are drugs, what you do is, no. Uh, and then my last one is this. And this is just the in the an original kind of uh, spirit of uh, 
the the TFCs, the these flexing cubes. Um, Germinator slid into my DMs uh, about this barstool situation and said. God, you're a soft-ass bitch. Of course you're a pussy-ass Cubs fan. LMAO, loser. And then I, and then I, I blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. wait, go back, go back to that a little bit. <laughs> sure. Click that thing. Three followers. Yeah, yeah, three followers. He's following 64. <laughs> and, 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 well, I'm, not, I'm not one of them either, but he's bear, I, at BearDown523 if you're into that kind of thing. So I um, love when people slide in and... I always look and I'm like, okay, you've got a shitty take. And I just pop it up. I see, oh, five followers. And then I report them for being a fake account. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's not a real person. Everybody, even homeless people know for more than five people. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, so I guess finally that's the show. Uh, we finally, I think it's over. Yeah, it's finally over. And this is just a midweek episode. So uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to spagog out of here, and we'll be back Sunday night, Mother's Day. So bring your mops. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring mine. <laughs> Tell your mom to watch our show. Well, not your mom. I'll be. I'll see her. We would love before that. I'll tell her myself. <laughs> we would mom jokes. It's a we 90s would thing. love to meet your mothers. Yeah, the <laughs> ones that we haven't already met. So, um, <laughs> spook hog, as they stay in the business. Hog. Dave Matthews pooped on my sister. Well, the Dave Matthews band has a bus on their tour. Sometimes they have to go potty But they don't take the time to empty it out And sometimes it smells kind of rotty Well, the bus driver looked for a septic tank But the band was getting snotty How is it with this smell back here That I can get this brand new hottie Park the bus on a bridge above a crate and let it go While a sightseeing boat was passing below Yes, Dave Matthews pooped on my sister Whoa, whoa, we hope that he missed her But Dave Matthews pooped on my sister Whoa, whoa, you know no one will kiss her Since Dave Matthews pooped on my sister She can't get Dave Matthews out of her hair Since Dave Matthews pooped on my sister Whoa, whoa, we all hoped he missed her But Dave Matthews pooped on my sister Whoa, whoa, now no one will kiss her Since Dave Matthews pooped on my sister The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, 
the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. 
After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 